Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Hey fuckers, welcome to another episode of Guys We Fuck. It's the anti-slut Jimmy podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. What's up? I'm gonna grab your pussy, Corinne. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if someone said that to you? I mean, if they said that to me, I mean, I don't know. People say I've said outland- outlandish things to me a lot. I don't really get. I wouldn't. What was take the it- most outlandish thing? I wouldn't take it very seriously. I mean, I get catcalled a lot. I mean, people. I've heard someone told me like they wanted to like. Yeah, I've heard like people have told me they want to like fuck me raw, like on the street. Like I don't know. It's oh just, wow! I mean, I'm not, I'm pretty immune to it from living in New York for 13 years. Yeah, not that that makes it okay, but I just like I don't have like when I don't have any respect for the person saying it, it doesn't really resonate with me. Right. I just I, don't care. Yeah, I remember last year at Halloween. That last year was last uh, when. Three yeah. people like grabbed your ass. Yeah. You see, you were madder about that than I was. I know. I was just like, for, cause I think I have such a um, low standard for people and I hold people to such like uh, people, like random people, like people I know I hold to very high standards, people I don't know very low standards. So it's just like, oh, this is what I would expect from idiots. Yeah. But is kind it what of. you would expect from a Republican presidential? Candidate? No, but I mean that I I'm not mad. I'm not shocked at all. No, but it just reminded. It's so nice to see the entire country understand what uh, women who have never heard it before and men who don't ever hear it what gets said about women. Like I love that everyone heard. Donald Trump say you just grab her by the pussy right and and cringed well and then I saw a lot of guys on Facebook saying like that's not locker room talking I'm like no it actually is as a comic I'm sure you've experienced when you're the only girl in the car guys like talk in front of you like you're a man and people do 100% talk like that yeah I don't think it's locker room talk I I don't know I don't even know what that means like are you changing for a sport and then you're talking to some yeah, dude that's exactly while what you're means. naked yeah the things that people say locker room talk is just like a way to say the things that men say when women aren't present. Oh, and it's, they just and it's one hundred percent accurate. He man woman haters club talk. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but a lot, I mean, that's where it kind of like started, like in a locker room, because that's one of the main places where, as a man, you would be alone. And you know, athletes don't have really the greatest reputation with their treatment of wo- women, stereotypically. That's that's racist, Corinne. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> well, it's I'm, not race. No, I know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And so, and also, I, I mean, I just don't even like what well, Glenn Beck just officially endorsed Hillary Clinton. So that's, oh, no way. Oh, no, yes way. Liz wow. said posted it. Actually, that might be the kicker to getting my dad to not vote for Trump. Yeah. Because nope. he's a reluctant Trump voter because he's just a Republican. And I want to call him so bad because we have a lot of political discussions when I see him. Yeah. And ask him what he would think of a grown man older than him told me he wanted to grab me by the pussy. Like what? Because he's a very he's always been so ever since I was a kid. If my brother like pushed me, he -hmm. would freak the fuck out on my brother. And I was confused by it because I didn't understand what the sentiment was there. And he would he just has like the most utmost respect for women. He's very that's something that's always he's always uh, been a characteristic of him. And, and I'm so curious as to what I want to call him and ask him what he thinks. 
Well, I'm like, surely he knows about the pussy grabbing thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but they're on the news. It's so funny to watch these people not say the word pussy. Oh. And then that fucking Anna Navarro. I forget. I'm going to butcher her name. Whatever. I posted about her on Instagram. She's a Republican. She's a news anchor. Right. She's talking to Donald Trump's campaign manager. Mm-hmm. And she quoted him. And Donald Trump's campaign manager was like, can you not say that word? My daughter is watching. She's like, you don't get offended. You get offended when I say the word pussy and you don't get offended when Trump says that word pussy. And I was like, like, your daughter has a pussy. Oh my God. You're my hero. Hopefully. Love hearing people went wrong. Love hearing the word pussy on the news. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's not even the most. He's just said so many offensive things. I'm like, add it to the pile. Oh, I know. I know. And this is the one that's making everyone cringe. And also for anybody emailing us, asking us to stop talking about politics this is uh this has everything to do with sexuality and vaginas so shut the fuck up yeah i personally answered some emails about oh you did because i had too much free time on a bus i was like that's don't leave me alone with the emails when i have when i have five (laughs) hours on a bus we're gonna get some responses my vagina is political (laughs) get Um, over it yeah well, I, I had a good, I also had a good weekend. What'd you do? It's not politics related. That's okay. That's better. Well, I'm came, sure everyone is relieved to hear that. I came home from uh, the comedy festival that I was at in Rhode Island. Thanks to everyone who came out. And my entire apartment was cleaned and everything was unpacked. Every single thing. James spent the entire day that I was gone. Oh, well, because we had a thing because he was like, can I stay and watch the Ohio State game? And I was like, well no i was because i was like well because he wanted to leave and come back and i was like i'm not giving you keys to my apartment like we're not that's a big yeah we're not there yet i'm not giving you keys to my apartment uh my apartment i just got my my own apartment i don't want you coming and going as you please yeah you the first time in your life you have your own fucking i want no one in the apartment (laughs) um and then but then he stayed in bed when i got up to leave early in the morning and then he just stayed there all day and that, but it was to clean it was spotless. I mean, he also did watch the Ohio State game, but that's not yeah, why but he, he also, stayed. Right, right. No, I was. That's fa- very sweet. I was like, that was the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. <laughs> the number one nice. Well, the, the he it replaced Austin buying me food and filling my refrigerator when I was poor. That was a nice story. That was very nice. Well, Austin's always very nice. Yeah, nice. Do a nice date for a lady now because he's a nice guy. Yeah, gentlemen. You're probably a lot of you are probably very nice. I really do think a lot of you are very nice. I think most of you are nice. But uh, if you have a friend who's a dick who says shitty things, tell him to shut the fuck up. Well, I have a thing. It's also a reminder that like if you don't have a lot of money that you did just not. It doesn't matter. You, those are not like for me. And I think most women are not the most important things you can do. Do not cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. The thought thoughtfulness of something is like that was free. It moves it was mountains. Yeah. It was just time. Give us your time, you guys. So that's good. Um, oh, so this is good. So when someone does something nice for you, you can give them sex. And while you're having sex, you can wear skin condoms. Oh, I did not know where you were going with that. Oh, you don't? Because like, you don't wear condoms. I was like looking at it. So, so clearly it's not going to lead into an alley. Well, like you can, you know. I'm in a committed relationship, but you don't, you can, you don't have to, whatever. We would recommend it if you're not using another form of birth control. Oh, yeah. You better be using something. Um, 
your sex life is about to get an upgrade. Oh, shit. Uh, skin condoms are made from a revolutionary pi- a polyisoprene material called Skin Feel. Mm. It's softer and more comfortable than traditional latex. So both you and your partner get a natural feel full of sensitivity. And while sex with skin is amazing for everyone, skin condoms are also completely safe for anyone who has a latex allergy. Skin condoms are just as safe as latex condoms Duh, guys, there's like rules about that. And they offer the same level of protection <laughs> against pregnancy and STIs. It's true. Uh, ready to try them? Head to buycondoms.online to explore skin condoms, personal lubricants, and more. Use the code GWF and you'll get free shipping on your first order no matter what you buy. Dude, I've been using skin condoms yes. with Steven. We have a lot. And they create this warming sensation that's very nice. Oh, I, I like say. anything that warms. I love one lube. They have the, the warming lube, too. Oh, I haven't tried that yet. Uh, oh, yeah. You took that. Yeah. Yeah. I like warming lube. When people come over my house, I have a giant box of skin condoms. I'm like, you guys want condoms? Well, that's good. Who wants condoms? Who wants extra episodes of guys we fucked in their lives? We always get tweets. Like, I've already binged through every episode. I'm so sad. Well, good news. If you want bonus episodes of guys we fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast, they're available exclusively on Howl. It's just $4.99 a month, but you can sign up for a free trial. You have to click this link. No, it doesn't count. Howl.fm slash GWF. And if you want to walk around showing your pride for Guys We Fuck the Anti-Slut Jimmy podcast, we have merch now available. Go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com. Click on merch on the top. It's big. It's bold. It's black. All this Ooh, just supports like my the cups. show. Yeah, and all this supports the show. Uh, you don't just send us money or stuff like that. We don't. Yeah, I mean, not that we don't need it, but just like that's not. That's not how you. That's just like into the void. Like directly support the show if you love it. Buy the merch. Do the extra episodes. Then we all come and home then you, happy. And then you get stuff for your money. Yeah, and that's great. Another way to support the show is to come see us live. These segues are crushing. <laughs> Oh my God. Sorry. I have, I'm really like, <laughs> I have very little voice left. Uh, so we have a bunch of shows on Sunday, October 16th at 9 30 PM. Katie Hannigan and I are bringing the comedian project to the stand 239 third Avenue. You get $5 off with the code sex. Then on Friday, October 28th, it is nacho bitches Halloween edition with Blair Saki and me, 11.15 p.m. at New York Comedy Club. That's just $10 with the code NACHO. The next day, Saturday, October 29th at 7.30, Wendy Starling and I bring you the Halloween edition of Glamour Puss at Zinc Bar in the West Village. Bring your Halloween costume. Mine is really fucking good this year. I gotta say, it's really hot in a sexy way, not in like a sweaty way. And I'm very proud to show it off. So come to Glamour Puss, $15 tickets, 21 and up. And then we're going on tour and we're going to remind you yet again of all of our dates because you should come out and tell your friends if they're living in these cities. Tickets are between 20 and 25 bucks. Some of the venues uh, that we're going to specify are 16 and up. Some are 21 and up. Just go to our website or the link in the description of this podcast to uh, for more info. Right. And I know you're like, oh, man, these tour dates are in November. This is so far in advance. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's like a week. And you got to buy the tickets because if the ticket sales aren't good, they're going to be like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do the show. And then everyone's going to be sad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, On November 2nd, Syracuse, New York, we are at the Funny Bone. November 3rd, 
Albany, New York, The Funny Bone. Uh, November 5th, New York City, live recording of the podcast at Caroline's on Broadway as part of the New York Comedy Festival. November 6th, Hartford, Connecticut, The Funny Bone. November 9th, Irvine, California at The Improv. November 10th, we're sold out, LA. Love you, really excited for that one. (laughs) November 11th, Phoenix, Arizona, stands up live. November 13th, Ontario, California, uh, come see us at The Improv. Uh, November 14th, we are sold out for San Francisco. November 16th, we're going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana at Crackers. November 17th, we are in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone. November 18th, Chicago, Illinois. I'm so excited to see your city for the first time. We're going to be doing a live recording of Guys We Fucked at the Anthony Theater. It, I'm gonna one day someone's gonna tell me how to pronounce it. I can't it. wait till we get there. I uh, can't either. November 20th, closing out <laughs> this leg of the tour in Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities. Everybody deserves comfortable underwear, Corinne. And for me, that comfortable underwear is me undies. I'm wearing them right now. And they make my butt look amazing because every pair of me undies is made from a sustainably sourced fabric called Modal. It's twice as soft as cotton and it'll bring you the best out in your vagina or your bulge because it makes you look real good if you like running around the house in your underwear. Once you try them, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear and also how fantastic they make your butt look. I just can't get over how good they make you look, really. If you don't love your first pair of me undies, they're free, no questions asked. Shipping is free if you live in the United States or in Canada and you could save up to $8 a pair if you sign up for the me undies subscription plan. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash GWF and get 20% off your first order. MeUndies. Deadass. And while your butt's covered, you're going to be like, man, why are my tits out flying up in the air? <laughs> it's cold. This week's episode is also brought to you by Third Love. These are comfortable bras that mold to your shape to truly give you the perfect fit. And it's going to be one of the most comfortable bras you'll ever own. Third Love stands behind their products so much that they're willing to let our listeners try this bra for free. Guys, for free. It's like you can rent this bra, okay? Just pay for shipping and wear it for 30 days. If you love it, keep it. Your card will be charged. If you don't love it, send it back at no cost. But you're going to love it, so it's not even going to be a problem. Go to thirdlove.com slash GWF to get started and keep those boobs happy. Keep them titties smiling. The subject of this email, if you guys ever want to email us, you can do so at sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. The subject of this email is female hair loss. Let's talk about it. Sup, fuckers. Thank you for your amazing podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm a 20-year-old woman and a junior in college at my dream school. I have wonderful friends, supportive family. I feel like I've hit my stride academically and and compete for a Division I NCAA sports program. Seems pretty dope, right? I definitely recognize the incredible privilege I have to say and truly mean all of those things. About a year ago, though, I was diagnosed with androgenetic alopecia, a a form of female hair loss. 
Seeing me, you probably wouldn't think I look like I'm balding. There are no bald spots or patches, but over the course of a few years before my diagnosis, my hair began to gradually thin all over and my scalp has become more visible. I used to have thicker, curlier hair and now it is fine and straight. I'll spare you some of the medical details, but for the past year, I've been doing everything from Rogaine every single night, using a topical laser comb three times a week, switching birth control pills to a different hormonal balance and taking a cocktail of vitamins. I've had to experiment with different ways to wear my hair so that my scalp doesn't show. This experience has been incredibly difficult for me. And as a young woman in college, I felt extremely insecure and alone in experiencing my condition. I used to feel much more confident in myself, but now I'm more withdrawn and don't feel beautiful very often. I have a hard time putting myself out there around men and haven't had sex except for an on-again, off-again relationship since my diagnosis because I haven't felt confident enough. This has probably been the hardest part because before I was diagnosed, I had a healthy sex life and enjoyed learning about my body and experimenting with others. Every time I look in the mirror, I focus on my scalp and it distracts me from living my life how I want to. I haven't told a lot of people about what I'm going through because quite honestly, it's humiliating to have your hair thinning at 20 years old. Even so, I'm lucky to have the emotional and financial support of my family in dealing with this and know this and know this is not the case for everyone affected. This condition and other forms of female hair loss is far more common than most people realize. Not really sure what I hope to get out of of sending you this mess- long message, but I feel like this is an issue rarely talked about that deserves more mainstream attention. I appreciate you doing your attention to all sorts of women's issues. So I thought this was a good outlet. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, this was a, such an interesting email because when I read it, she describes all of these amazing accomplishments that she's doing, but what's holding her back in her life and not being able to make herself feel sexy and therefore confident enough to explore sex with other people, explore her own body is her thinning hair. Mm-hmm. But I completely- Welcome to being a woman. Yeah. Oh, I understand that completely. I think hair is so- it defines you. It it's it's a obviously it's a part of you, but it's a huge part of how your your self image, who you project out into the world, who you see yourself as, is your hair. I mean, if you have, especially if you have thick curly hair, that's a hu- that's a unique type of hair, and I feel like that's a character trait. Like my best friend Melissa has bright red curly hair, and it's beautiful. And her whole life, like she's people just talk about her hair. And so I, I know it's I understand like Carrie Russell when Carrie Russell cut her hair and everyone and yeah, you know, then ruined her career. Right. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to being a woman. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I know I know I knew this girl in high school who she was uh, so amazing. She had like the most contagious laugh I've ever heard in my entire life. And she had a smile. Uh, she always had a smile on her face. And she I remember she was a little she was a little overweight and she had acne and she had very thinning hair. Like you could see, you could pretty much see her, her scalp. Um, it was like covered with a very thin layer of hair, but that just physically, that's what she looked like. But she emitted this joy and happiness and confidence that she was everyone's fucking favorite person. Mm -hmm. I, Oh, and I always remember that because at first I looked at her like a fucking high school kid is a piece of shit, like ego driven, all about looks. All you want is to be popular and accepted uh, for a lot of high school kids. And I just remember being like, fuck, she doesn't give a fuck what she looks like. And neither does anybody else because she's so, I don't know. She's just so purely herself that she doesn't let that bother her. And I feel like that's a, you either are born naturally like that or you have to get to that place. But I do think you can get to that place 
And, but I understand that's a hard place to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you're dealing with all these other things. And then on top of it, like you're you're the way that you look on the outside is changing. This is interesting because this is actually the third time this week alopecia has been brought up. I was in an, uh, a lift and the two people in the back were talking about their friend who had al- alopecia. And then James just randomly last night was talking to me because he used to date a girl who had alopecia. Apparently, it's super common in Indian women. Oh, okay. Um, and she, you know, this was years ago, so early 20s, I'm guessing he was. And she just wore a wig all the time. Oh, interesting. I was going to say there's there are alternatives. Yeah. To to that that aren't, you know, trying to grow back the hair. And also if anybody listening here has a similar experience and they know they have a method that works for them, email us and we can forward it to her because I understand like this is it's a vanity thing, but it's important. Yeah. I mean, I say go do like one of two things, either a go punk rock Sinead O'Connor fucking shave it all off. And then just when chicks have a shaved head, I'm like, Oh, you're such a babe. Well, because it's like, for me, it's like, you know, when we kind of all make fun of men when like, they're trying to like take the one scrap of hair and like paste it over. So it's just like, Oh, right. I think that the boldest and most, uh, like the boldest way to deal with something like this is just be like, yo, I got this. And I'm not going to try to restyle my hair. And that's like so much time. And then also you're filling your body with all this extra stuff that I don't think you need. I'm like, a, I'm like really against like putting all this like shit on your hair and shit in your body. You don't know what the long term effects of that stuff is going to do. Fuck it. Either shave it all off and be like, yo, this is the new me and everyone get used to it. Or just wear a wig. We live yeah. in a great, awesome pl- world where like you can have beautiful hair. And that's kind of fun because like you can change it up then. Ooh, I don't think like, yeah. I don't, th- you know, I just don't think hiding it like number one it's like if anyone has a problem with it they could suck it and and it's just it's just no I mean I understand like sometimes like people like well it's none of anyone else's business no it's not anyone else's business however with things that are aesthetic unfortunately it just becomes everyone else's business exactly because people are visual creatures and they're everyone's an asshole upon first like but my thing is you need to feel confident in yourself first so that's i think the biggest hump to get over yeah so you find something that that when you you feel sexy i don't i think maybe like you're trying to feel like you did before but things happen in your life and you are now you're a little bit different and that's okay. It's not different, bad. It's not different. It's just different. Uh, And so what is like the next step? What do you, what do you look like in this next phase of your life? So it's like, also it seems that you were so attached to uh, this, this hair that you had. And like, you're more than your hair. You just much more. So uh, yeah, it blows. People don't talk about it, but I think you can like really flip it around. And dude, if you, I think reinvent yourself. Yeah. That's fun and exciting. And if you do choose to rock a shaved head, oh, that's such a babe look. Mm. I want to get a, I want to get a role where I have to shave my hair so bad because I don't have the balls to do it or the ovaries to do it. But I want someone to be like, you'll you can get this role if you I'm like, OK, <laughs> if you shave your head. Yeah. Um, and then also you uh, as far as like men go and sexuality, <clears throat> I think it's gonna be like this probably this like very romantic like movie-esque moment when someone when you <clears throat> feel confident enough to tell somebody what you're going through so like a sexual partner a boyfriend and they're gonna understand and I think they're gonna really surprise you uh in how well they understand and if they don't understand that person bye time boy bye and they can hit the road hell yeah jack always
Mm. All right, but you know who can't hit the road? Today's guest. Oh, you're not going to read an email? Your email? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> that was your my email. I was because I had so much to say about. It, I forgot about that. Um. Okay. Uh. This is called "Stopped a Rape in Hoboken." Hell yeah! I publicly shame this guy. Hoboken guys. It's in New Jersey, but please don't hold me accountable. Uh. <laughs> hi, Christina and Corinne. This story ends well, so don't be too worried. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Blah 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 blah. Uh. After a dinner today, I parked my car in Hoboken and was walking back to my apartment a few streets away. As a side note, Hoboken is popular for watching football at the bars and day drinking for Sunday fun day. It's a hellhole, guys. It is. Uh, as I was walking, <laughs> I noticed a girl whose baggy shirt was falling off her shoulder and she was stumbling around. I scanned the street for her friends, but I saw no one. I turned around and walked back to ask her where she was going. She couldn't tell me any useful information. She was too drunk to talk. Then a drunk boy walks up and said, she's coming home with me. I asked her if she knew Ew. him and she kind of shook her head, but he told me, no, no, they're friends. I asked him what her name is and he didn't even know her name. So I knew he was a stranger from the bar. He started walking towards his apartment again and she, she just started following. So I followed them both. I tried asking her if she knew him, liked him, wanted to be there where her friends are, if I could borrow her phone, etc. But she wasn't making any sense. We get to the front door of his apartment and she stops and asks me, whispering, if we should go up with him. I told her I really wanted to go home to my apartment and she should come. She agreed to come with me, but she was embarrassed to reject the guy. Mm -hmm. So I told him we were leaving. He tried to coax us up, offering drinks and trying to kiss her. Uh, she could barely speak, but she said, no, 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 no. So at this point, I yelled at him and we walked away. We walked to my apartment. She drank some water and called her friend. We decided on a meeting point and she found her friend and they got a car home. Yay. By the way, I got his first name and his address. I thought of writing a letter and telling him to reevaluate his life decisions. Or maybe I should make flyers. George, don't rape. My friend, a fellow feminist guys be fuck listener, wants to go egg his house or start an anti-rape culture security task force. Well, that sounds like the lots involved. Uh, should we do any or all of these things? Do you want to shame him off air? Then she gives his actual address, which we're certainly oh, not no, going God. to read. Dear God. Um and more stuff about that. And then she's, she's, she gives his name and address, but then she goes, please don't use my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, you so girl, funny. Girl, you crazy. And also a hero. Uh, yeah, this is, I like this email because number one, this is an example of going above and beyond as your, your responsibilities as not only a woman, but a human being. This yes. is a really, uh, great example. And like, I know a lot of times we're in a rush, we're having fun, we don't have time, but this, this girl did stop a rape. Yeah, he she so, totally did. Because when I read that email, I was like, damn, she's better he, than you. He was definitely gonna do something. Mm -hmm. What a fucking creep. Yeah. And it's like, Not oh. shocking at all, but And this is another example. I don't think this guy, I don't think George went out and was like, I'm gonna rape someone tonight. I think I this think is he saw a girl who was intoxicated yeah. and fucking uh, saw somebody you know what oh this is what i want to talk about in the intro but maybe i'll talk about another intro steven and i went to a sex house a sex house and took a class whatever and i learned that uh this uh, this professor was teaching it about sexuality because i wanted to add some vernacular to my you know some good words right so i can like 
more intelligently speak to these things. And there was a scientific study that said that men are actually their attraction for a woman grows in most men. And this is not, they're not doing this on purpose. This is just the innate thing when they show signs that it is easier for the man to have sex with that woman. So IE drunk, not Mm -hmm. standing up straight, lesser clothing. Like this was a scientific, this was a fucking study that men uh, tend to be more attracted or scout, like scout out the woman that give would it's in their mind the highest chance of getting laid. Right. And I think how that, re- I mean, well, because men are just like historically like you reject it. Like that's right. their job being rejected. And that sucks. And when you're it. rejected, you develop self conscious, self hate, self consciousness, whatever the fuck it is. And I think that we got to talk about it, guys. Right. But, but yeah, well, I, mean, I feel like he saw then. her and was like, ooh, she'll be. She'll go home with me. Right. Yeah, because she doesn't know where the fuck she is. This is a question of consent. And I think a lot of people are still super confused about what consent is. So if a person, I'm not saying it like if you're buzzed after a few glasses of uh, wine or something, but like at a certain point, you, uh, number one, I can't even understand why it would be enjoyable like to have I don't sex either. with someone who's trash why i don't just even like having sex with hand. my boyfriend when we're trash like that's <laughs> not fun uh so yeah if someone's trash just stay away like how do i know a lot of guys are like how do i know if i'm gonna rape like if i if, if is this rape or is this not rape well enthusiastic consent motherfucker yeah just don't if someone's too drunk to even like form sentences or walk straight like that's not a person you need to be having sex with for their safety and your safety be a good person put them in a cab home okay you don't even have to pay for the cab just fucking put them in open the door let them go in there's a credit card in that purse but should this girl no egg the house no egging the house is so juvenile (laughs) i can't even believe that was an option that's that's juvenile and it doesn't solve anything it's not gonna do anything he's not gonna know where it's coming from i know he's He's gonna gonna think his friend larry's being a dickhead yeah he's not gonna be like oh wow this egging must have been because (laughs) i almost raped a girl like that's now i really shouldn't rape huh no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Don't do that. I think what you did, <clears throat> what this writer did is exactly what she should have done. And that's what needs to be done. Yeah. Nothing to him. I I don't think you ever. I mean, I don't think any going. What are you going to go to his doorstep and be like, excuse me? Do you have a moment to talk about that rape you almost committed? Right. Well, that's putting yourself in danger. So you don't want to do that. You want to keep yourself, I think, in this case, anonymous uh, because you're kind of just like this third party. Uh, you don't, don't want to egg his house or do anything illegal to him or threaten him in any manner because yeah. you're a criminal too. Uh, I think maybe, I mean, if there is an organization that's giving out free literature on consent, you can have it mailed to his house. I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah, because I think he's probably going to understand what uh, night you're referencing. I'm sure this is not the first time he's ever done it. Yeah. Unless he was so drunk that he didn't remember either, but I don't buy it. Um, yeah, maybe like a couple things, like just so one day he opens his, like, or for a week he opens his mail and like every day there's something about consent. You should I be really funny. creepy with consent pamphlets. Yeah, like, I think that's funny and educational. Yeah. So that works. But beyond that, don't be putting his stuff on Facebook because you don't, you seem like a responsible person. I mean, besides the fact that you even <laughs> entertained that egging idea. Uh, but if when you put someone's stuff onto social media or something like that, you're putting it in the hands of a lot of people who like might be voting for Trump so you can't you can't you gotta be careful because this is someone's like gonna get heated and like go murder this guy and like the that's not solving anything so keep it to yourself but yeah do mail him f- some consent pamphlet go to play I mean Planned Parenthood definitely has uh pamphlets uh in of that nature so if you go to your nearest clinic or 
I don't know. There's everywhere. They're probably you on college even campuses. You have to leave your house. You can probably just have it sent directly to him. Yeah. And it'll be great. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it'll be funny. And maybe he'll rate it. Finger, fingers crossed. You know who doesn't suck? Oh. Our guest. Yes. <laughs> um, so I need to say a very special thank you so much to Steve Calabria. Uh, he works at the Comedy Cellar and he curates. It's in the West Village. He curates this series with uh, Noam, the owner, who is super into politics. It's called the Village Underground Debate Series. I cannot recommend this more. Just go to the Comedy Cellar's website. Google it. You'll find info. Uh, And one of these debate series was a a speech on terrorism. And it was just uh, um, Muslim Americans and talking about anti-Muslim rhetoric. Well, yeah, it's a panel, not a speech. So it's like different. I'm from, sorry. From different. It's really good. These The series is it was a de- Well, it's a debate series mm-hmm. of, and, and they have two sides, two opposing sides. And one of the people that he got was uh, some, a guy who used to be an ex- Islamic extremist, which I thought was so fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I had all these, I talked to him afterwards and I asked him all these questions about my perceived correlation between terrorism and sex and it was the most fascinating conversation and then we brought him on the mics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm so excited uh we're so excited to introduce him this is a great interview he has a book out called undercover jihadi he is not an islamic extremist anymore he'll tell you the whole story it is fascinating ladies and gentlemen please welcome our guest mubeen shake in So I met you thanks to Steve Calabria of the Comedy Cellar because he was like, we're doing these panels and now this panel's on terrorism and we have an ex-extremist. What is it? What was you? What were you an ex? Were you an ex-terrorist? No, ter- a terrorist is um, somebody who has done something, uh, acts of violence, committed acts of violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have been, you know, either identified uh, as having done that or been caught doing that. Uh huh. I wasn't caught doing anything. No, I was going like, to say, I did it though, right? Well, it was the mindset. I was in yeah. the mindset. I was, yeah. You could have been cajoled into doing something. Well, you were cajoled into being a part of the group, but you didn't behead anybody. Well, yeah. I mean, that's good for uh, you. That's for sure. I know. That's it's really it's a really low standard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just the other kind of. So what, what was your, do you grew up in Toronto? Yeah. Born and raised in Toronto. And what was your childhood like? Uh, you know, my, my parents are Indian. Okay. Um, that's Bollywood Indian, not come to our casino Indian. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it is, this is the mid-70s. I'm born in 75. I'm going to be 41 next week. Yeah. Wow. I really thought you were like 30. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> I was telling you earlier, I'm like, he's like 30, whatever. <laughs> um, it was pretty, I think, normal in that sense. But I, I, if I kind of analyze it a bit, it's, it's, a, it's a very socially conservative culture. And you're now in Canada. Although my dad did grow up in the UK and was exposed to a lot of the Western culture and so was a little liberalized because mm-hmm. of that. But it was still socially very conservative family. And in the evenings, I would actually go to Quran school, which is, if you can imagine, the stereotypical madrasa in Pakistan. Boys on the floor, rocking back and forth, reading from a scripture that they don't understand. Um, and that's what I was doing for, you know, from the age of five to the age of 11. Mm-hmm. Reading scripture, rocking back and forth. And not knowing a word of what I was reading. Wow. I mean, that's church for most kids. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, <laughs> Why well, the rocking though? I mean, yeah. I've seen it. I just don't understand. What is it representative of? I don't, you know what? I think it just develops uh, because uh, you're, 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 <laughs> you're like, really trying to get it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh my it's God. really weird. It's really weird how it happens. Sometimes people do it sideways. Sometimes it's back and forth, whatever. Well, let's because some Judaism, uh, it, more, so it includes some rocking. And I know like right. when sometimes <laughs> when people, I'm Jewish. But sometimes people like see people doing it on a plane and they get scared, you know, the rapping and they're like, what <laughs> are they doing? Oh, yeah, because really? it looks. Yeah. What, is it, what I mean, does it look like? Someone there's not really I a mean, need to do it, it on a, an airplane. I know there's like timing and stuff, but like yeah. my my orthodox friend was like, that's yeah. there's, they don't need to do it on an airplane yeah, yeah. and scare the shit they're out of everybody. They're being dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a lot of, some Muslims are like that, too. Right. It's like mm-hmm. they, they got to show like I'm a Muslim. I just want you to know. I know I wear the robe and the hat and the beard and everything, but I, I, you got to see me praying. But I too, feel so. it, man. Yeah. So so I, I was doing the Quran school by evening time. And if you juxtapose by daytime, I was in the public secular school system. Okay. Where boys and girls are mixing. It's a caring, nurturing environment, which is a complete opposite of the Quran school I was going to. So this kind of laid the foundation for an identity crisis that would kind of manifest later on in my life. Wait, so I'm gonna, so wait, wait, you're... You're going to Quran school, but you're Indian. That's not usual. Like from India, <laughs> Indian. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm confused. Is I thought it's actually very normal. Yeah. It is. Uh, a yeah, lot of really? Indian people are Muslim. Oh yeah, there's like twenty percent of India is. Muslim. Are you serious? I had no I idea. I thought it was rude to assume that. Yeah, me like, too. Like I thought it was because <laughs> I know Indian people are like very separate. We're separate. So I was yeah. like, okay, sorry, never again. I'll well, never make that well, mistake. Well, you again. probably call them Pakistani, or you said it's the same thing, right? It's like when somebody says. Oh, you're you're American, right? Oh no, I'm Canadian. <laughs> so, that is well, very that's very different. That's, that's, yeah. very, that's very different. As I have that's learned well, the past couple of days, oh, yes. that's very oh, that's different. Fascinating. I had no idea. I thought Me it was either. like yeah, a lot of like Buddhists and wow. Was there a significant Muslim population in India? Huh. Which originally was, and then of course Pakistan or a bunch of, you know, a group of Muslims decided, hey, let's oh. create our own country. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and a lot of people then after partition went to Pakistan. Okay. And and since wow. then, of course, it's been just, you know, fighting. Wow. How did I miss that? Whole now, where, um, I feel like I know the answer to this, but was there anything about sex or sexuality relationship in the oh, Quran? Yeah. You know, the Quran is uh, quite open uh, about sexuality. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. The prophet himself. Um, that was, was Muhammad? Was, right? Yes, Muhammad, yes. sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, <laughs> means peace be upon him, we say. Okay. Uh, he was also very open about it. In fact, there are many oh, reports what? where he, he talks about he says, you know, ask these questions. Don't don't fall back to your cultural customs, you know, Yo. which are ignorant and whatever. It's it's you'd be shocked. In fact, what what's shocking to a lot of Muslims today who come from these really culturally, um, really, really staunch conservative backgrounds, 
if you were to say the same things that the prophet did, they'd say, oh my God, what are you doing? You can't say that. Huh. <laughs> so, so it's like, for example, you know, I never mind sexuality, even when we come to even gender issues, I always say this to young Muslim kids that I try to, you know, mentor and talk to is that, hey, did you hear about that guy who uh, his, he, he sought a job from his wife and his wife hired him and he became her employee. And they were like, oh my God, no, this is, this is t- terrible. He's losing his manhood because of that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that's actually, that's the prophet. Peace be upon him. So come again. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a lot, there's a huge disconnect, I think, even in the Muslim world and, and elsewhere that what Islam actually talks about when it says versus what the people think and do. Wow. I mean, their misinterpretation, I feel like is part of religion almost because of people with the Bible, I mean, everyone takes whatever they want from it yeah. and they're like, this is what it means. And then they kind of associate their own meaning. That's really interesting. I never would have even ever guess that the prophet was down with like fucking well he, i figured he well, was well let, let's, put it, let's put it this way not for you know, others you know there's the <laughs> yeah there's the, oh just him can fuck and no one else can well no no they could of course okay i mean there's where it usually comes from is uh there's a there's a verse in the quran which actually begins with if you cannot deal justly with the orphans then marry women of your choice two three or four so, you know, the four wives thing you heard about there. Right? Yeah. So this is what they do. They jump to the, oh, well, we can have four wives. Well, oh. well, wait a second. The first part of the verse, actually, it goes culturally, it goes all the way back when an orphan, in order for, for her to get married, a lot of times that they would have to, uh, the, 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 the things that they had inherited, items that they could sell for value, yeah. the instruction to the Muslim people were, if you could not deal justly with them, meaning if you could not, you know, marry an orphan and value the, her her goods appropriately, then don't bother. Marry, you know, regular women in the sense that they have their assets and dot, dot, uh. dot. So it wasn't a case. And some people try to make, uh, you know, and it's a legit argument. In, in the beginning, you know, uh, it was a small group of people. When there were wars, a lot of men got killed. So you needed to repopulate mm. so you could have more than one wife. And that makes sense then, Right. Today, I mean, I personally believe it has no relevance today. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of people have Fun. done it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you, you know, why, why? Yeah, <laughs> why you're, asking, compound? you're asking for more trouble. Yeah, yeah, more, more wives, more problems, yeah, yeah. right? Isn't that how that goes? <laughs> but at one point, I wanted to say that the prophet had 11 wives. What? Now, Muhammad the, what, was a player, yeah. Well, well what, what I say is that don't, don't be upset that he had 11 wives. Marvel at the fact that he kept 11 women happy. It, yeah, that is uh-huh. a feat. I mean, did he keep them happy? He, they were happy. Yeah, okay. And, and, and so there's documented evidence oh yes, that they were oh happy. Yes, oh, yes. But like, if you're yeah. the prophet, I feel like you can do things like that. Yeah. It's I not mean, like a regular person. I would only thing. be one of 11 for a prophet. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then also you get some free time then. Cause I mean, yeah. I imagine it would be Stop very high me. maintenance to be married to a prophet. He'd probably want a lot of things. That's true. A lot of people would Demanding. be always, yes. talk, you know, wanting to talk to him. Yeah. But again, on your question, happiness and sex, right? Going, yeah. going together. Right. <laughs> Is that part of the Quran? Well, I think it's part of the religion. I mean, That's it, wow. I never would have. But again, when you go back to, if you go back to old world mentality, if I can use that term, yeah, you notice for a lot of people, it's, it's marriages. It's, it, it's not love for the sake of love. It's marriage for the sake of duty. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. As opposed to like for, and it's only really because of the Western societies in which we live, where we're very open about it. We, we actually seek out love-based marriages. We don't do the duty-based marriages because my family expects me to be married. So I'm going to kind of rush around. Oh, it's like, it's, 
you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit older. I should probably just try to find somebody and settle down. Yeah. Why do we think like that? Right. That's, those are totally I don't know. modernist relative Western cultural, you know, concepts, which is fine yeah. for a lot of people, but you know, to establish it as a rule that everyone must go by, it doesn't really jive with the way the world works. Oh yeah. And the way humanity works. Cause everyone's yeah. a unique snowflake. Yeah. What was, did your parents give you any sort of sex talk? Were they also open to that interpretation of, of no, 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 being down with, uh, LPP, <laughs> OPP. Well, you know, I I don't recall really. Uh, my dad was pretty okay. I mean, but a grade five is when I had my first sex ed class in public school. Oh, that's young, right? Yeah, isn't that or is that young? Oh. Uh, I had mine in like sixth grade. So. Yeah, I guess it's a year earlier yeah. than around the same time. So that's where I got it from. I really didn't get it from my parents or even my cultural community they're all you know uptight yeah uh, it's it's the stereotype they really are as bad as you think they are i mean it, that's just the reality of how yeah. they are so. and what did you what is sex up like in canada versus the states i didn't even think that I, I would imagine it's better yeah right <laughs> it's always better in canada yeah <laughs> i uh you're right um no, it's, um, I think it was just normal, normal things. Like first it's like properly identifying body parts, you know, right. let's, let's get that down first. Right. <laughs> yeah. The anatomy <laughs> names. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, and then consequences of that. So it was, it was really cool. It was like, you know, if you're going to have sex, use a condom because this is how it works. There's a penis and there's a urethra. Oh, guess what happens? It goes in there and then that dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. I mean, fifth grade is like, yeah, actually I was thinking about six. I was like, no, I think it was ninth grade for me because it's high school. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's much later. So if you started in fifth grade, that's good because Hopefully, no one's having sex before the fifth grade. Fingers yeah. crossed. When did you yeah. have sex for the first time? I was fourteen. Okay. Wow. I, I well, held out. Young. I held out. I held out. I, you I held it, out. Right? I was in the. I was in the army cadets. Uh, so if 14. I if I go through my life again, my went to the Quran school was you know got out of the Quran school by the time I was eleven. Uh, public school around the same time, and then when I was thirteen, I joined the army cadets. Whoa, you can join. Yeah. What is our, the Army Cadets? Oh, yeah. I, that's is so it like young. ROTC? Yeah, I was going to say you. Oh, okay. Uh, you guys call it Junior ROTC. Oh, okay. Uh, it's really for teenagers from the 12 to 19 is the age range. And 19, you got to get out because, you know, 19-year-olds and 12-year-olds are probably not a good mix. Yeah. 19-year-olds, um, 12-year-olds and fake guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was in the Army Cadets. Um, you know, I, told, I, I came from this background. I was like, nope, I'm not going to have sex until I'm married. And then this really hot blonde girl jumped into my sleeping bag and then we fucked. And then Wait, I, I felt, is that the first time you met her? Uh, that, was, no, 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 bag? no. It wasn't the first time I met her. I mean, <laughs> she was in the army cadets. Um, you know, I liked her. I thought I was in love with her. Of course. And then, but of course, after, you know, after we had sex, I, I was consumed by a feeling of guilt. Oh, right. Yeah. Because that's what you're brought up to. Right. I mean, at some level, you should have, of course, modesty and, and some, you know, some, you know, respect for yourself. Don't just be completely Always, throw it yeah. out there. But but it just for me, I thought, wow, this is what that's the first emotion that came to me. Right? Yeah. And now I'm did more, you. T- I'm, more, I'm more puzzled that at 14, you went straight to fucking. Well, I was not. I was, <laughs> that was fingering. not anything I was thinking about. I mean, I was thinking about it, but like I would have been I would have been like, oh, my God, I was made out with this guy. I'm 14. How crazy. Like, how did you what did you how did you even know how to do that? Oh yeah, I think you figure it out. <laughs> Did I, you I was confused. I had to have sex when I had sex at eighteen I, in college. I, yeah, when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. I learned that it involved insertion for the first time. Oh. The American sex ed. Yeah, right. But uh, okay. did you finger people before that? 
Or did you go uh, right to fire? No, no. Um, let me think because I, I do I do have a finger uh, memory. So it was in a rollerblading arena of all places. Of course it was. Well, you know, you know how it goes. Um, yep. You know, rollerblading, fingering, same thing. Whatever. Skating ring, fingering sesh. Uh, no, there were. I did have some, um, um, you know, non-intercourse related sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if I can kind of be open and I mean totally cool, I'm I'm totally cool with it. When I was younger, yeah. My, uh, I was sexually abused by, yeah. I mean, there were a couple of incidents of attempted, uh, pe- uh forced penetration by an uncle. Oh, okay. Fuck, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's not that, I mean, I guess I could kind of say that was my first. That dis- was assault. Right. right. Was, no, no, yeah. that's yeah, exactly. But so, it's yeah. a, it is a sexual experience, yeah. even right. though it was not right. wanted. Right. Or right, right, right. Do you remember yeah. how old you were? <clears throat> yeah, I was 10. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and did you know it was wrong? We get a lot of emails from people oh, saying yeah. that they were abused by a family member when yeah. they were a kid. And, uh, it's the most common, most common type of thing. Yeah. It's crazy how yeah. common it is. It's not it stranger actually. assault. It's, it's never. Relative it's always yeah. someone you're related That's to right. or know very well. Yep. And I'm like, yep. fuck. Because yeah. it's just, it's just it's easier. Because yeah. did you yeah. not, what, what, uh, there's so many reasons why a child would not say something yeah. because, because they don't one, they don't know how to respond to it. Yeah, you don't know Two, what's the, happening. The, the, the authority, the dynamic between an authority who is an adult that we assume an adult is an authority of a child. Yeah. So we're thinking, so okay, them. am I doing something wrong yeah. by not by not playing along? Children right? are so easily manipulated yeah. into whatever. Yeah. And so yeah. is this? Did this person ever? Did you ever confront the person or tell oh, anybody I, about I it? I did. I did confront them later on. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was quite. Uh, it was quite. Um, uh, it was quite the closure, uh, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty much. I mean, I was a little bit older. I was sixteen, and I was with some of my friends. Friends and you know we yeah we we let them know. You threat. You <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, oh, did yeah. you beat him up? <laughs> uh, I, I did not beat him up, uh-huh. but we uh, I, I I did put a baseball bat to his face, a, a aluminum baseball bat. Yeah. And um uh, and I said you know if you ever do this again and I hear about it and I'm gonna be watching because he's still around in the community, right? Really? Oh, yeah, and yeah. do he's your family remar- know? He's remarried. This is again the same story, right? When yeah. you hear when 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 you hear that an uncle has done this, whatever. He, of course, he got divorced from his wife, right? Because I guess whatever other problems he may have been having. Did the wife ever um, find out? I I don't know. That I don't know. But yeah, I felt real good to put the bat right to his head and say, man, you know, I had this malevolent smile on my face, grin on my face. But what I had done is even after all these experiences happened and... I know, like, you know, you, you felt like as a man, especially where you got to be powerful, you got to be strong. You yeah. feel that you were, you were uh, disempowered. You are now weakened. Well, you're stripped of your yeah. masculinity yeah. is what a lot of guys say to us. Yes, right. That's why men are so much less or more reluctant to come forward with sexual mm-hmm. assault because yeah, of yeah. the that, stigma of it. Yeah. Even yeah. psychologically and socially, right? But I actually, I, I started to read about it and I went to libraries. I was reading about, I wanted to quote unquote, fix myself. Yeah. And to make sure that nothing was, uh, was wrong with me, quote unquote. But Wow. But nothing was wrong with me at 14 when she jumped in the sack with me. And yeah, and you're like, hey, yeah. let's try a vagina. <laughs> Did that experience yeah. with your uncle ever make you question if you were homosexual at all? Yeah, I actually thought, oh my God, am I going to become a sexual deviant is, is what I thought. Because okay. sometimes it's it's normal, it happens it, because it's a dysfunctional um, experience. So the, the mind will usually manifest into or rebound into some other dysfunctional mm. behavior. But do you think homosexuality is dysfunctional? No, no, no. I'm not saying it's dysfunctional. I'm saying like people who sometimes go through that, they they feel that, oh my God. They just feel does this mean I'm rebel. gay? They, yeah, they, uh, they, right. well, they might think that. Something. They might think, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah so, that's a really awful, yeah. confusing yeah. thing to happen to a child. I yeah. mean, it's, that's crazy. So, um. So you fucked at 14 in a sleeping bag. And was it good? Did she, you guys hang out after that? Uh, uh, we did. Did you we cuddle? Did. 
Uh, we cuddle. Um, you know what happened was well, I was in the tent. My buddies were like, oh my God. We're next to you. Well, there were there was a couple who were it was a big tent, right? And so it was were, an orgy. That was not an orgy. Uh, but they were they were totally like I I of course I was, you know, caught up in the moment. Uh and then after I could hear them giggling, right? <laughs> knowing that, oh shit, they know, and they were like, Who is that? And then she basically got up and ran out of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I got in a little bit of shit the next day. Uh, it was cool. And, um, and then of course the, actually her friend came up to me and says, Hey, did you come inside her? Wow. Um, what a yeah. direct question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what she said. Um, and I said, fuck, I don't know. You didn't know. So you didn't use a condom. I did not use a condom. Okay. Uh, well, oh, that, but when that you're genius. young, sometimes yeah. stuff doesn't come out. I'm learning. Uh, yeah. Of your I, penis. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I, but please, any 14 year olds, if you're going to fuck, do not have sex without a condom. Yeah. yeah, God. yeah you do yeah, not want yeah. an MTV no. show for that reason. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I think maybe it was a, a, a psycho, a psychosomatic thing ah. that I was made either, either consumed by guilt. And this is something I should not be doing. Mm. And so, you know, oh, come, don't, you know, stay back. You know, right. If, if only we had that. Power. Now, did you <laughs> tell your family that you were going to wait to have sex until marriage? Or was this just a plan that you told yourself like, Hey, well, you tell yourself yeah. that based on what your parents have told you. Okay, right, right, right. right so right. it was just a rote uh, thing that I was telling myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did the yeah. guilt eventually just go away because sex is great, so whatever? Yeah, well, what happened was then, again, trying to, you know, uh, close a loop in that cultural context, it, it, I thought, you know, I'm in love with her, right? And, and oh, yeah. you know, puppy love, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I prayed to God that she would convert to Islam so that I could openly marry her. Okay. It did, did not work out. <laughs> did you suggest that to her? Uh, I, did, I did suggest that to her. Yeah. And, and she was like, uh, no. <laughs> she was like, uh, no, my parents will kill me. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay. And growing up so, as a kid, did you have any uh, people give you shit for being Muslim? Like, did you experience any racism? Did you? You know, uh, no. When I was um, in that period, because we'll get to the period where I, I was, I became overtly religious. And then, yeah, I did see the the racism whatnot but no while i was growing up uh not bullied not picked on didn't see any of that we were the cool kids in high school nice uh, it was like pure cliche nice we were hanging out with the high school girl you know high school cheerleaders sleeping bags all right uh no more sleeping bags this time uh <laughs> just sleeping bags just, now baby this is senior year outright fucking <laughs> now it's now it's out in the bush in the back of the school right now no Whoa. no no not me but i mean Go there was there was a place bed. that was kind of known for that so uh, <laughs> every school had it. Yeah, the fucking that's bush right. that's right so that's then true. what yeah what happens next in your um uh, um eight, journey uh, 17 mm -hmm. um last year high school uh, my parents have left the, the house. They're out of town. I call everybody up. I'm like, party at my yeah. house. Yeah. Everyone shows up. We got weed. We got everything there. All right. Girls, guys, everyone's smoking, drinking. Hell I, yeah. I don't think there was fucking, but I'm, you know. There was there fucking probably, somewhere. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, my uncle walks in. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. uncle. And, and uh, the bad, not that one. Oh, the, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, or like, you get that bat. Uh, and he looked around and was like, yeah, yeah. everyone's too old here. <laughs> yeah, these people are fucking old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this uncle, hard ass, um, you know, close cultural context, you know, closed mind. Okay. Like, a, he's, you know, he was an asshole. Children shouldn't have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's blasphemous for you to laugh and smile. And Oh, my God, well, really? Oh, yeah, they're they're very uptight. It becomes like, why are you laughing? There's, they must be doing something wrong, you know? Oh. So, so anyways, he comes in and he loses his shit. Uh, and, you know, screams at everyone and people start fleeing the house. <laughs> 
like fleeing. Like they were like launching themselves <laughs> off of, I have this veranda that goes all the way around, well, the half of the house. So the front and the long side of the house. So the front veranda, a top floor, second veranda. And in the back, there's a balcony uh, with a slow rail, right? Uh-huh. People were literally jumping off of the balcony. That was how scary your uh, uncle it was. was. And, and because neighbors, uh, I mean, neighbors who were literally pulling up to the house, their houses, uh, a few days later when I came back because I took off for a couple of days, they were like, what the hell was going on at your house? Like wow. people were literally like flying out of. So, uh, so shit hits the fan uh, and, and I'm uh, distraught right now. So for me, my world is crashing. Um, I have defiled the home. I have dishonored the family. And I tell myself the only way for me to salvage this is for me to quote unquote, get religious. Whoa. Because, from a house party. Yeah. Well, be, and, and think about it. Think about the, in the Christian context, it's that born again experience. Oh, right? so you oh can, yeah. Something bad happens. And then and you're you like, clear, oh yeah, Jesus. Right. It's usually like a car accident. No, though. Not, not like not a party. Like, well, Uncle well, came near, home and can't me. hardly party. wait. <laughs> well, what, what they call this, I mean, even in radicalization studies, if you, these are the, the life crises mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah. So it could be a, it could be, it could be something like a, a death in the family and it makes people completely go rebound the other way or some thing that has challenged their very core as they perceive their core to be. Yeah. And, and, and when, and in perspective, put it in perspective, like when you're 17, those like now at, big deals. at 30, yeah, I'm, right, I'm not right. going to give a shit about yeah, exactly. someone catching me doing, having a party. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, at 17, that is a big deal. That's yeah. A big deal. Wow. So, so that's what prompted me to, um, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to join this group. Uh, it was like a, uh, it was a missionary group. But it was an apolitical missionary group. So what they do is they mm. only proselytize to other Muslims. Okay. Basically telling them, look, if you want to, if you want the world to change the way you want to see it, you have to pray more and you have to fast more and you have to do those kinds of things. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy. But that took me to India and Pakistan. Okay. So this is May of '95. How old uh, are you? I'm 17. Okay, um, still 17. 18, right? 18. Jeez, where am I? Uh, because <laughs> yeah, so '95. So I was 19 actually, right? Because I turned 20 in September of, uh, like, 75 is my year. So, uh, 95 of September, I would turn 20. So, I was 19. May of 95, I end up in India. Uh, Two months in India, two months in Pakistan. In Pakistan, I get sent to a city called Quetta. Now, Quetta, for those who know, uh, is, was, at that time, the stronghold of the Taliban. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, unbeknownst to me, when I went there, and I was in the mosque, and we're sitting there with our Tablighi group. Yeah. I'm looking in the mosque and I can see other guys who look just like the guys that I'm with. Yeah. Well, those guys are not Tablighis, they're Taliban. How do you know? Right. You, well, because they're not with any of our groups. So I was thinking, like, I thought in the beginning, oh, they must be other groups with the same, you know, movement. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know who they are. Because they, Taliban ain't apolitical. No, 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 that's right. Ooh, that's right. That's the opposite. I was going to say, I right. like we didn't even, we didn't even start talking about the Taliban yeah. in America until like much later. Until that's 9-11. Right. I mean, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, we did, had no, yeah. we had no idea. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Tala who? What? We're just <laughs> living our lives. <laughs> Tamagotchi, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, okay. in the fall, in the fall of 95 is when they came to power. Oh. And, and so what happened was when I was there in Quetta, I, you know, being this, so you can imagine this kid that comes from this identity conflicted, mm-hmm. you know, environment, vulnerable. Ha- has vulnerable, has army cadet experience. So mm. is, is familiar with the military right. and has this and which which also fosters adventurism and yeah, and it has this identity and a crisis. greater purpose. Yeah. Right. I would think. sense a greater purpose. Here I am now. And 
I'm literally sitting in front of them. And so the story goes like this. I, I was go, actually going around the local area and trying to proselytize as we were taught to do. And um, it's like a Jehovah's Witnesses for Muslims. I was going to say, do you go door to door? You're like, are you interested yeah, yeah. in being a Muslim today? Yeah, yeah. Are you interested in being a better Muslim? Because yeah. you suck at your Muslim right now. So yeah. What would Muhammad think? Yeah. I don't think he would be very happy. Oh, what you got to do is you got to come with us to the mosque that we're at and listen to our lectures and dot, dot, dot. That was the right. line, right? So I, 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 I'm walking in this area with the local fixer and I can see from the distance, uh, there's like this compounded area with foliage growing out of it. Out of all the, like, it was a very desert-like in Kuwaita is a place called Balochistan, and it's like a desert-like geography. Uh-huh. So you see this 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 compound with all this foliage coming out, and I was like, "Wow, that's you know odd and cool." And so as I came closer, I could see these what looked like tabligi guys crouched on the wall, just under the drape of the foliage of the trees and whatever, for shade, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as I came closer, I realized these guys were armed to the teeth. They had oh. rocket-propelled grenades, uh, machine guns. Uh, in their hands? Oh, yeah. So I thought to myself, whoa, what the what's, fuck is yeah. up with that, you guys? So I was like, oh, assalamu alaikum. You know, I came and, you know, friendly Canadian guy. And and I went over. <laughs> and I could tell the fixer was like, oh, fuck, oh, God, no. Oh, no, no, no. Right? He, got, like, his, his he face had an was, inkling that that one was, You could see the tension on his face. Like, he was almost fearful. Oh, so, and you're like, are you interested in being a better Muslim? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, and they're we like, got it. Well, well what I <laughs> said say was... say that to my fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good way to put it, because I said to them, if you want to bring about change in the world, you do it by prayer and fasting oh, and this and no. that. And they're like, well, if you want to change the world, you do it with this. And he held up his AK-47. Holy fuck. Right? That's, what, and then you said, that's another option. <laughs> what is well, you could do that, Ruth. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it was a, wow, what a statement. Mm, yeah. Right? And 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 I was intrigued by them. We became completely intrigued, enamored, if you will. Mm, okay. And then later on, uh, we let them know where we were at the mosque. And then because they were, what do you mean, Canada? And there's Muslims in Canada? <laughs> oh, like, really? Yeah, they didn't know that? Oh, no, the, these guys are fucking illiterate farmers who live up in desert land. Oh, in, well, that's in, all, in always the who I like region. to have an AK-46. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are people who need guns. <laughs> yeah, the most. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you don't need to read bullets, right? <laughs> right. Uh, oh, simple boy. motor skills. So right? true. <laughs> uh, so anyways, they came back to the mosque with us. And yeah, I fired their AK-47 a few times. It was fun. That's cool. Um, but I, I was bit by the jihadi bug is what I say. Okay. And so when I came back in the fall of, of 95, I left the apolitical group and I joined the very political extremist groups. The Taliban. Well, the, so the Taliban represented a, a, the global jihadi culture at the time. Uh, so nowadays we're caught up in the different manifestations of that general jihadi culture. Yeah. So the Taliban at my time was the first manifestation. Then uh, when I come back to Toronto, I link up with more extreme guys, young guys like me who were born and raised here, who are English, who are converts, right? And um, then in 1998, this guy named Osama bin Laden. Gives I've his, heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, we know his work. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's a good swimmer. Swimming with the fish. Oh, really? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> And so he he gives his fatwa, uh, you know, uh, is that fatwa is like a legal ruling. Oh, well, of course, which he was not qualified to give because he's not as uh, Islamic scholar. Well, I was going to say, was he a high up position? No, he's just How got the Arab the- money. The Arab oh. money. That's why. So he's a rich Arab in a place. How where do you get have, rich? Uh, his father is his company. It's oh, the Bin Laden right. company. It's a huge oh. uh, construction conglomerate. So it's like yeah. kind of like Trump, huh? I'm just kidding. Mm. I mean, I'm just, there are some, there are some connections yeah. to story. 
So the so 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 ninety eight is the Bin Laden, you know, manifestation of that general jihadi culture, and then of course nine eleven happens, and that's the real in my face. Holy shit! What kind of people have I linked myself with? Now, were you down with Jesus. Bin Laden prior to nine oh, yes. eleven? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. You were like this guy's the shit. Yeah. What did he did say? Did you ever meet him? I did not meet him. Oh, okay. oh damn it! <laughs> did you? What did he say that you were like? Yes, Bin Laden. Right. This is a very good question because this, I think, drives uh, what when we talk about radicalization, extremism, it's the, what's called a singular narrative. And that is there is a war on Islam. The West is fighting it. You need to do something about it. Mm. And that is the that is the, the straight script. So for a lot these young kids who are, whether you want to look at it psychosocially, they're marginalized, they're isolated. They Every time they listen to the news, they're hearing everything's anti-Islamic. Yeah, politicians, like people who should, you should be more responsible than that. Be, you know, oh, saying God, these things no. and doing these things. And then, so when you see that, you feel that you are deprived. There's a deprivation that you're feeling. So what happens is you then need to identify who's responsible for this deprivation. Mm. Well, it's this government, the U.S. government is, or, you know, the the coalition or whatever, right? Whether it's true or not, that's how it's constructed. But Osama was like, yo, fuck the U.S. government, basically. That's what yeah. he was saying. Yeah, his thing was the crusaders, he called them, right? Wow. Um, because, you know, the and I can understand that. I mean, you know, Western armies are going to Muslim lands. They're going to see yeah. them as invaders. They're right. not going to see them as freaking liberators. Yeah. And, and that to don't the, happen. any anti-Muslim yeah. rhetoric that's coming out of yeah. American politicians' mouths is only feeding into oh, yeah, big time. extremists. Like big it's, time. it's like, how do you not get that what you're doing is yeah. egging everybody on to do worse things? Like, it, it, come I, on. I know. I can only, I can only conclude that these are, these are malevolent souls, right? These are people who are, they have darkness inside them. Yeah. And so darkness manifests in their thinking, in their actions, in the way that they, what they, that they are. So, and, and this is whole, it, do you think it's cause like they think they've, they feel cheated by the world or cheated by something. Cause I know that can manifest darkness in a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, we, you know, we're, we're social creatures. We, we construct our realities based on the environmental stimuli that we receive. And so if you have your identity uh, attached to, let's say a cultural group, religious group, tribal group, whatever it is, national group, uh, you know, anything that's seen as an existential, <clears throat> excuse me, anything that's seen as an existential threat to that identity and that culture is going to be responded to usually with violence. So if you can apply that model, that theory to, let's say, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right. They're fucking shooting black people left, right and center. I mean, well, I, I, you know, I it's um, I was wondering, like, how is that a political movement? Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I thought it was just like a regular social thing of like cops are shooting black people, which they shouldn't do. Yeah. I mean, there was a veteran who came back and said, army veteran, we can't kill unarmed people in Afghanistan. And we're at friggin war with those people. Okay, how is it that I come back here and I see cops who are not soldiers, although they think they are, shooting unarmed people? Well, the guy that it's training. He says, "What kind of training are you getting here?" Yeah, well, yeah, that's the question. Speaking of terrorism, the guy uh, who uh, was responsible for the bomb in Chelsea, uh, in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. was caught alive there was a shootout yeah, yeah. but they didn't shoot him yeah. and and recently a black man was killed because his car stalled in the middle of the road yeah. 
Yeah. And he had his hands up and he didn't have anything on him. Like, but the terrorist gets taken alive. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to yeah. know what the fuck he was planning. Like, yeah, because I was like, that's because they want to yeah. interrogate him for, inf- just, for information. Dis- yeah. Disregard for life and yeah. giving somebody a gun who doesn't know what the fuck to do well, with it. I mean, that we, we care more what a terrorist has to say than what a, oh a, a yes. person from our own country. Terror- like, the say. media, see, it was all stories about this bomb. And honestly, yeah. like, yes, it's important. Like, tell me right. what's going on. I But I, my, I have a trainer who is, uh, um, it was Jewish and her parents live in Israel. And she's like, this shit happens to my yeah, parents every day. Yeah. Like it's, you guys are really, <laughs> and they're like, oh, hum. well, guess where one of the places that, uh, the Chelsea bomber had gone to frequently. Taliban. Kuwaita. Oh, yep. Wow. Well, I was going to say, I was like on the news. They were saying like, yeah, he peaced out for like two years and then came back. And I'm like, well, I mean, why'd he go there <laughs> for so a long, long vacation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that's that's I mean uh, 9/11 happens um And what did you what did you think during 9/11 were you like yes so, this is a good thing Well initially yeah. initially I did I'd be honest and usually when I get Well yeah talks, because you're on, yeah, yeah. you're following this guy who's like fuck America yeah, you know yeah. in in better w- terms than that but and then obviously this is the big well, it's like we're, yeah. we're, America and like our, we're killing people all the time but just like we don't think of it like that because we're like oh we're seeking justice right. and we're and right. we're spreading freedom and, and right. stuff but I'm like that's happening I'm like yeah it sucks when it happens to you but I'm like it it should suck for us all when it happens to anyone like well, that's, yeah. that's we being, should never rejoice in the killing of others yeah that's being you know having empathy and sympathy right um yeah. you know they always say it's like it's not propaganda when we say it Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, of course, mm-hmm. uh, it's not terrorism when we do it, right? Right. So, but I should, I should, I guess, add a. Intro, I think it's important since we're talking about fucking. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> I got married. Oh, right? so to who? Oh, yeah. So I love the story. It's great. Uh, <laughs> did you get yeah. meet a stranger in Coeta and no, like, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, in high school, we used to we used to hang out. You know, there were different circles that would kind of mix with each other and. We were big potheads and metalheads, right? That was okay. our that was our thing. And there was a girl in that group, um, the Polish girl. So here it goes. So when I'm in <laughs> early, so this is I guess uh, grade 10-ish, I'm 16, I'm trying to kind of be whatever. And so I was always told, you know, keep your gaze down, right? When you're walking and don't, you know, check out girls. Yeah, that's stupid, right? So and it's so stupid, but here's how it goes. Uh, so I'm keeping my gaze down and I see these cherry docks. And I'm like, those are some nice cherry dogs. Yeah. And I follow the cherry dogs up and I'm like, whoa, those are some nice legs. That's a nice ass. Holy shit. And here's this hot little Polish blonde girl. Yeah. And I'm like, so for a year and something, I was like, who is she? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, totally, you know. And then I then I go away and I get religious, quote unquote. So oh, we yeah. know each other already. I get religious and I come back to see my friends and uh, so I'm 19 by this time when I come back. They're my la- like younger year friends. They're in their last year. Um, and so I come back and she sees me. And now I'm, uh, I have a beard. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing robes. I have a turban now. Yeah. Was and, she like, and every- fuck yes. Well, everyone was like, what the hell? Like, what the yeah. fuck? They were just like, now suddenly you're a religious guy now? And I was like, yes, yes, I am. Right. And she told me later on that that's when I started. I got attracted to you. Thinking what makes a guy go from this all the way to that? So the and mystery of that. The mystery, the, maybe the exotic nature of it yeah, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I was, you know, and then I, I was, uh, I think, uh, you know, we, I went to the friend's house, we were hanging out and she was there and we were talking and, and we just kept talking. And then, and then it was so weird because now I was in this rigid ideological world 
And I said to her, and we were talking, she was actually reading Rumi as uh, a Persian poet, uh, Muslim, okay. Muslim guy, Sufi, Sufi um, poet. And, uh, and reading was she it, reading it like right in front of you so that you would comment? No, 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 no. I no, see no. you reading a Muslim <laughs> poet's work. Right, 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 right. <laughs> hey, roses are red. No. Um, so, so we were talking and then what I said to her was, and I was very like clinical almost about it. I was like, well, you know, if your views were a little different, I would propose marriage to you. Whoa, that was quick. Yeah. And she was like, she gave me that look like, what the fuck? Uh, and then, uh, and then afterwards, actually, she said, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, huh. whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, under- <laughs> understand what, what, what this means and what you're saying and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to need you to cover, right? So cover your hair. In fact, in the beginning, I suggested she veil. Okay. And what did she so think she, of that? No, she was like, well, I'm, I'm not ready for the veil thing. Like, I can do the head covering thing. Um, wow. Yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> My suitcase hated that. <laughs> My or, or, was or, like, or, yeah, wow. wait, they want. wait a second. Or it just bowed to Mecca, right? Oh. <laughs> you see me. that? You like that? You like, I like that? Twist that you put. <laughs> My man. Wait, so. Long road. So you were like, all yeah. right, if you want to be with me, I would propose to you. Uh, but if that would happen, yeah, you got to do way. this, this, and this. Well, yeah. You cocky son of a bitch. Right, right, Did right. you feel. I mean, at the time you were like, well, this is what would happen if, if we were to do this, like it was logical to you. You didn't feel yes, like you were, right. did you feel bad trying to change her no, views? No, I didn't. Okay. Now what, now the trouble was, how was I going to convince my parents? Right. Cause she because, ain't Muslim. She, ain't well, Muslim she, she could, if she converted, then, then you can say, well, she's a convert. Right. And then it's okay. Uh-huh. Is it okay but, even when they're like little whiteies? Or yeah. Well, blondie? A, well, I feel like still it's like, ugh. yeah, white and blonde. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. Like the, 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 the culture and the, the, my relatives or whatever. So here's what I said. I said to them, I knew, first of all, I did not want to marry an Indian girl okay. because I did not like the culture that I was seeing with, Whenever I had traveled to India, you know, the misogyny, the caste system, all that stuff. I didn't want to be a part of that. Okay. I didn't want to import into my life in the country, uh, you know, another family who was just going to replicate old world mentalities. Oh, because, yeah, the, the woman's family, yeah. too, is a part, is like, yes. now we're oh, all you're, family, that's but like right. close. Yeah, yeah. You're not just marrying her. You're marrying her freaking village Wait, sometimes, you know. So that bothered you. But then why were you OK with things like the head coverings and stuff like that? Because it seems like that's not that it's mis- misogynistic. I can't it's, tell. It's, it's mm-hmm. if it just well, it goes, feels it like go. women are being treated differently. Yeah, it, they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are being treated differently. Um, but the this is the debate nowadays, right? Does that necessarily mean that they're being valued unequally? Okay. Does it? Well, in some places, in a way, it, it means like places, they're it being does. valued. It, it feels like they're being valued more, but also like not, like not allowed to make them that but can't like, do yeah, anything. We have to We have to yeah, keep they, them in this crate because right. they'll break. Or something. Yeah. Like there are these well, delicate women well, yeah, yeah. protection. There's there's two there's two ways of thinking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you have those that are who are misogynistic people, misogynist, uh, and patriarchal, and um, and see women as the lesser of the two. Yeah. Right? They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. But you know, there is something, I mean, the religion is very clear. I know there's a lot of misrepresentation and you know, bad Muslims are showing people. So of course, people are gonna think most, you know, Islam treats women like dirt. But the religion itself is not like that. So, for example, I, we gave the example of the prophet, peace be upon him. The Khadija, the wife, is the one who proposed marriage to him. Oh, hell yeah. Right? You see that? That's the woman, She, she was her own. She, she had her own business. 
And she retained ownership and assets over the business even after she got married. Oh. Right? So Islam, the religion, it actually at that time, 1400 plus years ago, mm-hmm. gave women rights, which really even were conceived of relatively recently. So what we say, like right to vote in Canada, well, women, they could initiate divorce. They could own wow. businesses. Her assets, even when she married the husband, the husband did not have a default access to her assets. Oh, okay. hell yeah. But the husband, all his assets, the wife has access to them. So he is he is ordered to pay from his assets to the for the well-being of his wife. So it seems so look at to the way me that, that the woman was more powerful. It, so the the way that the model is developed, they are they retain more power. But what happens is it, you you'll get this in especially in uh, misogynist culture, patriarchal cultures, the notion that a woman can have this more this power over the man did not go down well with people. They're like, and we're so, just going to make some tweaks. And, and People exactly. meaning men, <laughs> men and women? Uh, men or and women. Men. Well, because if you've, bought, I, if you've bought into that, course, yeah. then even the women will, will play into that, right? Yeah. And reinforce that. Because you can't tell. Because I used to say, like, when a woman is covered up, and in yeah. New York City, I see women yeah, covered yeah. up all the time. And I when I first moved there, I was like, this is oppressive. Right, right, right. Uh, but then I don't know that woman. Right, right. Go she and talk probably to them. feels very proud yes. to do this. You know what I mean? It Go and talk to them. You'll, yeah. you'll be very surprised. Well, yeah. when fashion week just happened in New York, there was this story about a fashion designer who, did a whole line of clothing, including, I mean, I don't know, I guess it was burkas uh, and well, it was or just, head coverings. But it looked really it wasn't nice. A, it, was it wasn't stylish, a, It wasn't right? a full book burka. Yeah, no, yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. And she was dressed like that. Is it just called a veil? Is there a proper name for Well, just the hijab the, is the, the head the hijab, covering okay. that, that covers. And then mm-hmm. the niqab is the veil. Uh-huh. And the burka is the Afghan thing, which is that blue. And it's just got a screen mesh for a face. Yeah, because I've, I've worn that, that's one. Just, that's terrible. I've tried yeah. one on and honestly, I almost had a panic attack. Yeah. And I'm not like someone who's prone to that. But like I truly felt trapped. But I mean, then I was like well I just don't, this is just not my thing I, i'm sure if i grew up wearing one i'd be like oh this is that is fine. that is not that is not the religion I, I know i know the the afghans might try to maintain that it is uh-huh. it is not mm-hmm. uh, i mean the the uh, the face the eyes have to be uncovered they have to see where they're going yeah. at least right yeah and it's like it's it's a problem to 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 wear that and to even see and think it just it, feels like hot yeah. no no too. it is well you would sweaty think, and you know yeah. Yeah. you would think it's 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 weird because some maybe they're used to the weather sometimes like i when i i moved to syria after 9-11 yo you yeah. moved to syria after 9-11 well 9-11 happens i think to myself this is wrong i need to study my religion properly you know, this I don't, is wrong, I don't, meaning 9-11? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. initially we were, I was like kind of happy, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But as the day went on, it was a, it was a monumental event. And, uh, you know, I went to see my friends and initially, you know, the, the bad Muslims and they were all like, yeah, this is great. And then one of them even asked, they're like, yeah, but you know, those are non-combatants. Like what, what do they have with our fight? Right? Yeah. They were just work, going to yeah, work. They're just going to work. And then there was this awkward silence for like a second. And that was it. That in that little space is when I realized, yeah, see, that that's that's wrong. Of course, a guy chimed in. And they were in. like, yeah. Yeah, well, a guy chimed in and said, no, they're they're kufar anyway. They're infidels anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right? And what infidel, what does that mean? Well, it's just the, it's the, the ultimate outgroup, right? Oh. So if you think about it from the psychological perspective of in-groups versus out-groups or tribes versus tribes, you have your tribe and then there's that other tribe that's like the bad tribe. Yeah. You fear their invasion. You fear their influence. God. You won't let their daughters marry their men. That's for sure. Yeah. So that that whole us versus them dynamic, right, this is what had developed. So I decided I needed to study my religion properly. I moved to Syria. Um, How 2002. 
you know, it was a, it was a wake up call. I think, um, you what know, kind I had of this shit. Did you see in Syria in 2002? Well, you know, it, there was a semblance of normality in ah. Syria, right? There was, I mean, it was a police state. That's the thing that I saw first. Mm. Um, you know, the, the cab driver was trying to like get Intel out of me, like to see where is this guy? Like this guy's got this beard, you know, giant beard. This is, oh my God, is he a terrorist? Right. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, I, was, <laughs> I was, I mean, I was, but then my friend <laughs> Billy was like, eh, that's weird. <laughs> well, I was actually called Taliban more in Syria than in Canada. Wow. Think about that. Did you ever because, go to America? And uh, I, uh, was I? Because man. Yeah. Well, Americans, geez. they're, they're easily afraid. Yesterday, I came back from New York. Yesterday, I saw this Jewish girl, young couple. Yeah. Jewish who had a scarf, but the scarf, it, it the, the tails of the scarf, you know, it wraps the head, but then the tails run down her, her, her body. Yeah. Right. It doesn't cover the neck. Right. So I thought for a second, I was like, wait a second, is that a Muslim? Yeah. You know, and, but I knew she wasn't because I know this other Jewish couple, they dress like that. Yeah. Like, and so I knew she was Jewish. Right. And I could tell obviously by her husband that a uh, young couple, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So I went and talked to them and, and in the beginning they were kind of creeped out. They're like, Oh God. You know, Why? Because they thought you were terrorist? Well, because I was, you know, I was coming to asking them questions about Judaism. Right. Were, so, were we like off the streets? I was in the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's extra scary. Well, I, I mean, I had my, I had an army shirt on, so they were oh, cool. Go move, yeah, go yeah. move, move yeah. They were cool. They were cool. Well, like, I, maybe because they saw the brown guy and they're like hey, Muslim, and oh my god, he's gonna. Uh, yeah, I but mean, no, when no, you I go on a... planes, do, does everybody no, no. look? No, for... no, not at all. Oh, no. really? No, oh, no. that's good. You got if you got if you see the way I looked before, yeah, totally different story. Oh, because the turban and the beard, big beard. I looked like a Taliban guy. Like, I mean, I looked the part. So, um, so the point is, is that while I was in Syria, you know, I. I had I met a Sufi scholar. Sufis are more esoteric, internal, um, you know, uh, focusing more on the forest, not so much missing the forest for the trees. Right? That's our Ooh. yeah. So um, so I I met a Sufi who went through the Quran, went through the verses that these guys use that they hijack, take out of context, completely out of context. hijack. Yeah. yeah, that's what they do. They yeah. hijack. Yeah, sometimes. literally and physically, right, <laughs> and, and figuratively, um, and and. You know, I saw it was a police state in Syria. I real, I started to realize, whoa, I, I have it pretty good in Canada, actually. Yeah. Uh, I realized, you know, uh, the Sufi world, and then I re- you know, and what had happened was, I mean, geez, it, it goes crazy. Two thousand three, the the invasion of Iraq happens. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys who were there went to fight in here in Iraq. Well, uh, your your guys. Oh, people that were going to the same school I was going to, the oh. religious school, um, and. And as well, there were two British nationals who had gone through the Golan Heights using their, their British passport to Tel Aviv, and one blew himself up in a cafe. Shit. So, yeah. Did you so, know Indo Pak guy. Yeah, actually, I, well, met, I met him. Okay. We, what kind of yeah. guy was he like? What normal, was he like? normal, normal, normal guy. guy. Normal guy. And no way you could ever tell. No big beard. Like a, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, regular Jack, like British style, you know, Westerner. And, and, and this was the fascinating part of the conversation that I had when I first met you, the relation, what sex has to do with it. Like the virgin is part of it. Right. Yeah. So he really thought, do you think this guy who blew himself up in a cafe, he was doing really badly on Tinder and he was like, this is the only option. (laughs) I'm going to do this. Forget the swipe. Was that (laughs) the main part? Was that a very small part was, 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 was dedicating himself to the religion, looking good in the eyes of his, Mm -hmm. the people he looks up to in the religion, more important than the virgins. Where do the virgins? All right. So let me, let me do okay two things. One, I'm just going to very quickly uh, finish my chronology. And then, because then I'll be able to come back 
to those points. So 02 to 04, I'm in Syria. I go through this period of de-radicalization, okay. newfound appreciation of rights in the West. I come back um, and I'm basically recruited by the intelligence service, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Uh, I become uh, an undercover counterterrorism operator. And I do that for two years, infiltrating groups, um, doing all, you know, the stuff that wow. so you we, met we, with we terrorists. Do. You pretend to be friends with terrorists. Oh, yeah. 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 Infiltrating their groups, uh, gathering you, intelligence on them, targeting on to you at all. No way. I hope you were no. getting paid a lot because that's like I wasn't getting paid a lot. Business. No, it's, it's actually public information. I was getting paid ready oh, for this. Fifteen hundred bucks a month. What? And, what? And I had a part-time to hang out with terrorists. And I had a part-time job doing no, like messenger you, services, like courier services. You were a bike yeah. messenger uh, and you hung out a with car, terrorists. A car, like with a van, in the van. Man <laughs> in a van. That's right. And uh, you oh pretended God. to be a terrorist for because, your country. Because like like, you know, as it all wow. came out later in court, I wasn't doing it for the money, right? And in fact, that's what the agency liked about me is that wow, this guy's doing that for 1500 bucks. He doesn't even ask for a raise and he's producing all these good results. What's the angle here? Were you taken to court? You well, said- then, well, what happened was there was a, a criminal investigation of a group that I had infiltrated called oh. the Toronto 18. This was oh. in 2006. 18 guys got arrested. Well, I, I traversed mm. over as a police agent and so I became a witness in court. Oh, 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 and oh I see, So I, I spent, see. yeah, four years in court. That ended in 2010. Then I got online. You know, the Syrian war had begun in 2012. The Arab Spring happened. And then suddenly I started to discover all these guys talking about wanting to go and join this group called Islamic State in Iraq and Syria. So all of 2012, 2013, 2014, and too much of 2015, I was online with these kids, talking to them, trying to troll them, dissuade them, de-radicalize them. And Whoa. so here we are. How yeah. do you de-radicalize? Yeah. How did you try to de-radicalize someone from yeah. joining ISIS? ISIS is yeah. Uh, I, yeah I use I use ISIS because I mean it's a pagan you know goddess right? ISIS and uh, Osiris. Uh, She's probably so pissed. Yeah. Well, there's a sign with 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 ISIS, the the Egyptian goddess, with a sign not in my name. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Uh, she but uh, has a humor. So so let's so answering both questions. How do you de-radicalize somebody like that who wants to join ISIS? And also, what's the role? What's what's the deal with the virgins, right? Yeah. So let's start with the Quran. The Quran mentions celestial maidens. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And and it does say. I mean, so understand that the the primary audience are the men. Okay. Yeah. So um, and it's it's um, a, you know Bedouin Arabs. And those who lived in the desert culture, right? Desert societies. So when God is describing, as we believe, is God is describing heaven, surprise, surprise, heaven is described as full of trees. Okay. So in a desert environment, right? that's There's probably trees. what your heaven looks like. Lots of trees. Right. And, right. It, and it has rivers. It has Ooh. rivers of water. It has rivers of honey. Oh, it has rivers of pure milk. And my favorite, a river of wine that does not give you a hangover. What? Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That That's right? where you lost me because right? that's not that's, that's, that's heaven. real. That's, oh, heaven. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not heaven. Real. I was like, oh, I might join. Right. That's so crazy. so I'm, I'm trying uh-huh. to set a very Sounds general, beautiful. very general, uh, because within that context, because, you know, the context goes, you, we are created beings sent to this world to live our lives in a proper way and to incline ourselves towards the angelic soul, the angelic nature of our soul, as opposed to those who do the opposite. They incline towards the more base animal part of their soul. Uh. 
So in this created context, there's an equation. So if you jump off a building, you're going to fall down. Right. <laughs> there's gravity. Yeah. Right. Well, in, in paradise, you can fly. Ooh, right? yeah. Things like that. So the, the, the construct is completely different. Yeah. The equation is completely different. You have a humanoid body. But for example, you will, like in the Quran, it mentions uh, when it will be shown to them the fruits on these trees, the people would say, oh, these were like the fruits that we used to eat in, in the, on the earth when we used to live there. Well, great, but the, that food that's in paradise doesn't give you, like, you don't get gas, you don't fart, burp, shit, piss, puke, come. And this is uh, specified? Uh, yeah, it says specifically that you your, bo- your bodily fluids, your bodily functions are I was going to say, it says it poetically, I'm sure. It, yeah, yeah. It, does, it doesn't, yeah, it it's doesn't not like, yo, we ain't going fart no more. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> thou shall not so fart. Thou that, shall not wipe my ass. <laughs> in that context, it's the equation is different. So when wow. it will also say, yes, the men will get celestial maidens. And in fact, they're described, I'm going to, don't worry. They're described as this. They're, they're, one is wide eyed. Okay. Okay. Number two, they're, they're made of light. Okay. Huh. Uh, number three, you can see the marrow in their bones. Hot. What? I was like, what? Mm, like, like they're very so, pale or? I, I, no, no. <laughs> well, they're translucent. They're yeah. Translucent beings. So you can fuck ghosts. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Everyone's wanted to do that. Right? Trans- Incubus and succubus. And boy, does she <laughs> suck. Let me tell you. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Me. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so in that context, so this is, so this has been very boorishly described as virgins in paradise. Oh Christ. That's where they get in virgins. That's where, that's where they get. And when, 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 beings. when they say virgins, they mean, well, yes, these are beings that have been created that no man has touched. Yeah. Untouched. Right? That's mm. what they mean by that. So, so when they say they're virgins, right, it's not like, you know, 70 chicks that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. It's not inexperienced. Right. Right. It's like a whole different. So, so this is, I think very important for our, like your talk, especially. So you see how the, in that, in that, in that cultural context where it's very, you know, ritual purity and all these things, suddenly it becomes all about sex. Suddenly it's all about getting those celestial maidens. And so a guy who wants to blow himself up, like that British, he, that British kid, or or whoever you name it, like yeah. even up to this day, they're still doing it. Oh yeah, kids who want to go and join ISIS, they think because I'm going to go in battle, I'm going to die as a martyr, and martyrs get these uh, these these special celestial maidens. And if you yeah. imagine, this was the point that I had made, and I think this is really at the crux of it. When you're telling young kids, Muslim kids who are living in the West in a hypersexualized society that we live, that you can't, you know, the best is the Jewish one, which is navel gazing. It's like, dude, that is not going to help you. (laughs) That's not helping you because like you got navel rings and damn, you got some like, so that's, that doesn't help. And then, so when you tell them you can't talk to members of the opposite sex because you might lose control and have sexual urges. And I tell them that's good. That's That's a good thing, you know? Um, So, so when you're telling these kids, you can't engage and interact with members of the opposite sex without it becoming some like, oh my God, oh my God. It's no freaking wonder your frame of reference is immediately, I want to get those virgins and the only oh, way I can do it man. is by blowing myself up. Holy yeah. shit. But so it's like sexual That's nihilism. a long way to go for some pussy. It, yeah, exactly. Well, because right? just logically though, like the way you described it and the wording that it, it actually describes it, like it, 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 it's very clear seemingly that that's not, possible that that's not going to happen like it does they they don't even seem like real things that you could get like it's very hard for me to wrap my mind around 
anyone believing that this would happen unless you're young and suppressed right i I would imagine it's just so i mean like i don't know because i mean i can i don't i don't believe in in god but i can i can Mm. i can i can understand how someone can that doesn't seem crazy to me but it just doesn't it, ha- <laughs> ha- it yeah why to blow yourself to, up and not um well so what they do is it's, have regard for the other lives that yeah, you're taking what so it, again it's martyrdom right so yeah. the idea that you would you know you would I give your life that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i understand that i just truly so, don't understand that they that they, act, they, that really they actually believe, believe that yeah. they're going to get oh, yeah. these celestial well, beings well the number one thing uh the, the the at the core of it is that they believe that they're martyrs Never, right. m- never mind getting the benefits. Yeah, well, Martyrs that's, that's the benefits, thing. Like, right? I can see they that. are fighting for something that yeah. they believe in with every right. fiber right. of their being. Right. What they believe in happens to be something that wrong. Sometimes it caused death. Uh, yes, right, to innocent right. people, right. but they are passionate. They're passionate. That's, that, I mean, they, I understand they, they, all that. Yeah, yeah they've fine. come to that. They've come to yeah. that point where they 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 feel that you have to be a martyr. And if you think, yeah. if you think about young kids, and again, the psychosocial approach of identity conflicts, sense of meaning, belonging, and identity. Those three things, meaning, belonging, and identity, very you know, feature very prominent prominently in young people, yeah. with young people. Oh yeah, because so, you're so, trying to figure it out. So you're going to want to, can you imagine for, to be, for a young kid to suddenly be a hero, to be a martyr? So you go from zero to hero yeah. by joining this group. You can appear on a video. They'll eulogize you. They'll, you know, produce the video amazingly. There's this one video. Really? They, it got good production value? Oh, oh my God. You got it. Wait, what are these it, videos you would, you about? You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. There's one, which is, um, uh, Oh, ISIS love the chosen video. Oh, yeah. yeah the ISIS chosen, makes more videos. God yeah. damn. <laughs> it was the chosen, uh, it was like, it was called the chosen of the few. And, um, and you can see it on YouTube, even a Canadian, ISIS recruiter and uh, um, well, I get flagged uh, for looking uh, it up. No, no, it's on. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube now. But uh, he calls himself. What was his name? Uh, he had some like Christian. I mean, Christian Canadian Western name. He's a white kid. Kyle from, from Timmins, yeah. right? It was Kyle. <laughs> and then he gives himself the name Abu Muslim Al Kennedy. Whoa. So. <laughs> Yeah, so That's lofty. Abu, yeah, exactly. Muslim McMuslim. Yeah. Well, Muslim McMuslim face. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's more like it's like it's like uh, um, um, a super Muslim all superhero, you know? Like, yeah. So Abu Muslim is like yeah. Abu means father of. Okay. So now he's got no kids, but he's father of Muslim. Man, what a cocky son of a bitch. Yeah, you're right, right? So he goes from he goes from a nobody. He's like, he's got a criminal record, you know, he's probably living a menial life. And now suddenly he's the chosen of the few. He's, you know, Abu Muslim Al Kennedy. And they did a video of him that like the quality of this video is you'd be amazed. It looks he like he blew himself up. Did he? Uh, no, no, he didn't oh. blow himself up. He, he got yeah, pro tip. No, no, no. Well, what happens is they, <laughs> they, they videotape him in battle and, you know, um, coincidentally also get to film his death on camera Why pro tip to the jihadis all right listening out there because uh, we all know you need to get fucked uh when they videotape you running you know 200 meters <laughs> in enemy territory you're gonna fucking die yeah yeah and so right there and they and but man when you have an ego you stupid and you right. cause you run right. you, you run. run yeah and you know they had a sh- picture of him he had a, a, a rocket propel grenade uh you know and he, he fires it and, you know, they're showing him run and you can see the dust on the camera and then boom, he fires it. And then it goes into slow motion as, Whoa. you know, it drops down and he goes into a running pose and it is phenomenal. OK, so wow. a young kid 
you know, watching that at home, who's got no prospect of any future, this, that, and the who's other. impressionable, who wants an identity, right. wants to live for something bigger than himself. All of God that, damn. all of that in a two-minute video clip. Shit, yo. So, ISIS makes some so, mad videos. All goes back to ego and narcissism. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing in this country. That's why I, I think that we should, like, when people, like, mass murderers and stuff, I, I hate that we publicize them, that mm-hmm. someone oh. is a serial killer and then becomes kind of this celebrity. weird celebrity. Mm-hmm. They're on the cover of Rolling everything. Stone. Everyone knows their name. Name. Yep. They write letters to them. They develop fan clubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. they get married in jail. I'm like, God damn it! Because Even a fucking it, yeah. murderer man can get married. Then in it jail. does seem like an option for someone. You're like, well, I'm not going to become famous or known or respected, putting putting good out into the world, so I can put bad out into the world and kind of get the same celebrity. Are people in ISIS having sex? Well, so, so, so here we go. All right. So now we, we talked about that general thing. Now you get a a whole other level of deviance with ISIS. So you, you worse than Taliban. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Much yeah. They're like the worst one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They are. Cause I can't tell if America is making us more afraid than we should be. No, no, no. ISIS is as bad as, yeah, yeah. They are. The only one that's at at par with the ice with ISIS is the Assad regime. In fact, Uh, the Assad regime has uh, employed a, a, um, a policy of, of rape as a as a, as oh a tool God. of war. Oh yeah, uh, rape of uh, not just women, children. Oh. it's very. It's been documented for three years. These are, are human rights groups that have done it. This is not just a, a thing, and they've been doing it longer than ISIS has been doing it. So, I mean, why yeah. are they raping yeah. their enemy? Uh, well, or their they, own people, their, their own, own people, women. Yeah, their own people. Yeah. Why are they? It's, doing a, it's a dictatorial regime. Control. Uh, oh yeah. my god. Dictatorial regime. Jesus. And, uh, it's just terrible. Mm. But what ISIS has done is is taken it to the next level in that you remember that video. So here's what they did: they went back to the ancient time um, construct of captives of war. Okay. Right? And uh, this this is how I mean whether you're looking at a, a scripture reference 1400 years ago or you know, um, English or the Romans or whoever, this is what men did, right? They, they would take over a place. They would capture the women, rape the women or take them. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's how now, I mean, there are different degrees to that, right? So whether the Muslims want to kind of say, well, you know, there were some options available. You could ransom them if they didn't want to have relations with you because Here's the thing. Of course, I know people ask today, like, do you? And of course, I don't believe that any woman would willingly want to marry, you know, this guy who just killed her husband and, you know, destroyed the village and blah, blah, blah. I I reject. Really hated her. Yeah, right. I, I reject any insinuation that, you know, they it's possible, though, that they understood that as the 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 construct in which they lived. They understood that as a consequence of their lives because they probably had heard about it happening throughout history, oh. right? And in their own areas. So it was mm. it was almost like this fatalist, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like resign yourself to your fate. Oh and this God. happens in that kind of coerce, coercive environment. This happens in prison systems and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. So, 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 um, so, so what they did, and, and that became, de- you know, deemed obsolete because we've moved past that kind of living we would like to think right for the most part um and, and again again and then these, ISIS comes well on. then you remember keep keep in mind universal human rights all these things are relatively new concepts this is post world really? well post world war ii uh oh. you had the league of nations and then the united nations and True. then the un declaration UN is of blah, new blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah it's very new so i think it'll still take the rest of the world to get there but so what isis did it took it to the next level they said we're going to revive that 
We're oh. going to revive the taking of, ca- of captives. And so what they did is they <laughs> uh, bring back that trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so they started to <laughs> kidnap women, uh, uh-huh. Yazidis, Kurdish women, people that they considered not Muslim or not Muslim enough, right? and, which, and is, like, which is everybody except them. Were right? they in yeah. an area in which the, the police, there was no people to oh, say, no, no. don't do that. That's illegal. No, no. Cuffs. Yeah. Jail. No, 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 no. None of that. It's a war zone. Okay. It's a war zone. And uh, the problem, I mean, it gets really messy. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I still work closely with with the governments, um, especially on the ISIS fight, anti-ISIS fight. Shit. It's very, so very So they're complex. raping people. Raping yeah, yeah, absolutely. Children. Oh, yeah, yeah. The children, not so much. What they're doing, they're actually, they're not, they're not raping children, but what they're, they're doing is, yeah, they're, they're take, they're using them as child soldiers. Yeah. Um, they're using, mm. uh, especially some of the children of the Kurds and Yazidis Aww. that they've captured, raped, and killed. They've forced into um, uh, military, uh, you know, duties, right? Shit. So, child, as child soldiers. So, so they did do that. And now, here's the here's the other more aggravating factor: is they would they're taking some kind of drugs, like something, some kind Isis. of amphetamines. Yeah. Oh so, God. Yeah. So okay. a lot well, of like meth, probably. Yeah. Right. So, so what, and a lot of uh, amphetamine products have been found uh, among ISIS fighters. Wow. And this is so that's when, where they're getting it. Right. It ain't Muhammad. That's it's the right. fucking amphetamines that's and Adderall right. and cocaine. That's right. The cheaters. That's right. That's what right. cheaters. That's right. Damn. You know, so, so, so they are, so, so, I mean, that, and that's the tragedy that, that we're seeing now. And, and people are trying to kind of raise attention to it and say, look. I had no idea yeah, there. You yeah. had amphetamines. Now I'm makes- just like imagining like everyone in ISIS is like Tuco on Breaking Bad, just like fucking out yeah. of their mind. Like if you gave people. ISIS Adderall, it sounds like a children's yeah. book. Oh my um, God. Well, now you can, you can imagine these, these, a lot of them who have come from those uh, closed cultural environments wow. where, where it's, it's, again, you're forcing yourself to be almost like, you know, a eunuch in in a hypersexualized society. It's no surprise that you know, gay porn is one of the biggest uh, search products in Pakistan. Online what? search, yeah. Uh, it's no surprise when you look at a place like Afghanistan, where when you cover the women up, suddenly the men start going towards the boys. So they have this disgusting, what? and I'm gonna, I'll have no qualms wow. saying it. They have, they have this disgusting. I don't know how they call it a cultural practice, but it's a disgusting practice called bacha bazi. Bacha means child, right? Oh, you know, yeah. and and bazi is like market, child yeah. market. And what they do is they dress the young boys up as a women, and make them dance in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Do they jerk off or something? Uh, they do worse. They they it's they pedophilia. The- yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's called yeah, it's called uh, bachabazi, and uh, it, the fact it, that they, ha- they have a name for it is it's scary. Because you know that something's getting done a lot when you're like, well, let's just coin a term because we're doing yeah, this so this much. Yeah, because it takes too long to explain. Yeah, so I just work. And, Holy and, and, shit. and here's the thing: a lot of army guys who ha- who are serving in Afghanistan, you know, who are trying to kind of you know, okay, make sense of this. They oh, said, yeah, they, they said, well, they're like, you know, we're we're we will kill the homosexual, and then he's like, yeah, but you're gay by doing what you're doing to boys. No, we're not. I was like, well, you're also pedophiles for doing what yeah. you're doing. No, no, it's not. It's not pedophilia. I was wow. Like, I was like, um, yeah, having deliberately seeking out children for sexual pleasure is the definition of, of pedophilia. pedophilia. Yeah. All right. Uh, and they're and they're just like they give this quizzical look, like they don't understand why you think like this. Really? Yeah. So you ta- so, did you talk to these people who have done to do this? No, 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 not oh, okay. Afghan. No, the military soldiers. Oh, oh, who, right. who when they encounter to, them, yes, yeah. yes, who have talked wow. to them. And, oh, pedophilia and homosexuality yeah. are separate things. Yeah, are separate. <laughs> they are very yeah. separate. No, of course, yeah. of course. But they're in denial yeah. of that both. Okay, yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah. so, um, 
So that Shit. just goes to show you that you have these. So when you're when you're coming back to ISIS, you have these guys who are not Afghans, they're actually Arabs. Um, who come from those societies who, again, the women are covered up. You can't even talk to her. Any kind of talking might be seen as, oh, my God, you're going to start fucking right away. And that could possibly be true because you have these sexual urges. These are right. normal, natural urges. And you're and, surrounded by women you can't see. And when you repress those urges, Shit. it will, because now you're at the biological level, physiological level, it will cause dysfunctional behavior. Yes. Yeah. Violent, usually violent. Behaviors. I manifest so, in something else. Right yeah. now, add meth wow. to that. Damn, yeah, and, and you and get ISIS, and now you got a party. There you go. <laughs> hey, wow. So okay, um, we need to wrap soon. This is yeah. the most fascinating conversation I've ever had. What's the worst thing you've ever seen? It doesn't have to be sexual. Like in in your, I'm just curious. Like, have yeah. you seen what do you? Well, what I'm, do you, I'm desensitized to beheadings. Yeah. I've seen yeah. like yeah, yeah. I've seen well, I'm have not you seen in, them not, in real life. Yeah, a beheading. In, uh, I have not seen it in real life. That's good. The only, I mean, only animals, they've been ritually slaughtered, oh, yeah. but I mean, that's kind of, and that was kind of freaky, but it's, it, it's, yeah. I mean, I just, even in my extremist days. And then when I went undercover, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of beheading videos, the Dude. gurgling that a, 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 um, a decapitated neck makes because <gasps> okay. the air is mixing with the blood that's gushing out and it's. Yeah, it's really sick, and then the body yeah. starts to twitch, and so yeah, oh, the body yeah. twitches after the head gets cut off. Well, because what's happening is a rapid loss nerve. of oxygen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the body. Uh, so oh. the lack of oxygen, you get cramps. You know, how you get cramps. If, yeah, uh, like if you're swimming or something like that, yeah. because you've eaten, all the food is digesting. So the blood that has the oxygen is spending time uh, uh, digesting the food. So if huh. your if your other muscles are being worked, it's going to deprive those muscles of the oxygen, so you get a cramp. Well, so the body cramps, and so it was just. I mean, I think the, the beheadings is uh, that's pretty rough. Has to be. Oh my God, no! Can I describe it? It's just. Oh my God. Mm, all right. Yeah. Well, oh my oh, God. He's, he's about to describe something gnarly, guys. Oh so my God. If you don't I don't know. It. Oh my God. Well, it's, it's disturbed I'm, me. But I'm it's still, something that happens. I don't know. Or yeah, I guess. maybe. Not yeah, no, no, it did. Well, now oh, you it have was to a, tell us. Yeah. Now you have to tell me. Probably was Probably was a Chinese guy, because you know they they consume dog meat, right? Um, Wait, really? That I thought given? that was a stereotype. That's <laughs> not a stereotype at all. Oh my that's god, that's not a oh, rumor. Not, no, no, it's uh, they have a whole. <laughs> I'm learning so much. About again, again. No, I, mean, I thought it was real, but then I was like, maybe it's just racist. Oh, yeah, no, I'm like, no, maybe no, I'm no, an no, ignorant no. American because <laughs> probably I am. Oh no, it's very real, I, and I I can understand that. I I can remove my cultural hat for a moment and say, we yeah. eat chickens and cows. Yeah, we eat what lots the of fuck animals. is the difference? Well, yeah, I mean, Hindus might you know um, uh, worship or not worship. They worship cows though. They don't. It's not worship. Like they they consider them because think about it the cow in that environment provides, provides a milk lot. Yes. provides meat i mean you can till the fields with the anyway okay, this is a chinese guy thing? oh my god he was taking dogs out of a kennel small dogs oh he, i know it's bad i'm so, should i even say this yeah like, no, now i'm so curious he, he would he would bash it over the head with a club knock it out drop it onto a bench slit its throat you can hear the blood going into the bucket uh-huh. uh, and there are other dogs who are in the cage right next to it and then he'd come in and he'd take a sip, like he'd, no. he'd chug it from the, his face from is covered the in, in, from, the, in, from the bucket, from the pail of, oh. of blood, of dog blood. He had a whole gigantic like blood on his face and he's in, there's a camera on him and he knows there's a camera on him and he comes up to it like, maybe you can Google search, it's like crazy Chinese guy drinking dog blood. And this is just like so over the top. I know. Like, it is. Yeah, this is like. It's just, it doesn't I'm even seem you, real. It's like the Christopher Guest. I'm telling of. you from a guy who's been desensitized watching P 
people have their heads right. cut that's what I, was saying, I, I love that the people. worst thing is a story about puppies like that's the yeah, most human thing well because we, we we know that people do this to other puppies people are well, yeah, no, nobody pup- would do that to us I know puppy's probably never been mean to you so puppy never has been mean oh, oh it has oh they have yeah a no, puppy's no. been mean to not, you not a puppy's puppies come on puppies I was like a puppy's probably never I, I would want to eat a puppy just got a cuteness so wait why was this guy making this video I don't know if this. And guy, why were you watching it? It just popped up. It popped up on my thing, you know. And I was just like, "Oh my god, should I? Should I?" I mean, this guy's Please search history on YouTube is probably kind of fucked up. So YouTube well, was like, "What can yeah. I hit him with?" I just, I just. How can we yeah. shock Mubi today? <laughs> the, 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 the depravity that other that, videos you might be interested in. <laughs> you might like yeah. puppies getting slaughtered, Chinese yeah. man drinking their like blood. If you like human beheading, oh you might be interested in puppy blood drinker. <laughs> yeah, yes. you asked yeah. for it in a way, Mubi. I did, I did. I love it. That it's is good. horrible. Oh my it's horrible. god. So he drank the blood out of the bucket. It was just it's just this guy was just over the top when he did it. But what an well, asshole. What a gonna, show. If you're gonna if you're gonna go do hard, it, do it, do it yeah. hard. But but you know what? I mean again, probably, I, I know, yeah. I know oh work hard. A lot of this a lot of this dark humor is really it's a coping mechanism for, for us and right. But I, I wanted to kind of, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, if you don't have a sense of humor, yeah, yeah I pay, I pay my seen. rent in coping. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> we get it. A, a currency, coping currency. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh my yeah. gosh. How you doing? You all right? You, yeah. you good? You in yeah, a relationship? Yeah. You single? No, no, I'm still married. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, oh, you still yeah. married to this? Yeah. To the lady? Yeah. Joanne. Wait, she was with you while you were extreme? She was. I, and I, then she I didn't with tell you? Her. She is. It's you didn't almost, tell her you were as extreme. I didn't tell her. Yeah, I thought she would totally leave me. Yeah, she, she probably would have. Yeah, but uh, but the we, good you didn't tell her because then you moved. You switched. I mean, December is going to be our 18th year anniversary. Oh. I have five children. Oh, wow. 16, 14, 12, 10, and eight. So boy, boy, Muslim girl, and, boy, girl, and Polish. Oh my God, they're probably beautiful. They are. They they yeah. tan perfectly. Yeah. Uh, the youngest one is like <laughs> ridiculously cute. Aww. And uh, all I got to say to the guys is um, I have two things, a shovel and an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> I have a no, set of skills. We shouldn't protect our daughters. Yeah, overprotect them. My dad did that to me. Yeah, not, over, not overprotect. Because then, you know what We're, I'm going to do? I'm yeah. going to go to college <laughs> and be a right hoe. Going, yeah, that make, they should Daddy be, put me in a cage. <laughs> make them feel like they can have healthy relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. We, we, have a, we have a perfect, I think, way of parenting. Um, it's... Shovels. No, no, no. Shovels and threats. No, no, no. It's, uh, you know, I I grew up the way that I grew up. uh, I am deliberately not doing that. Oh, that's good. That's a good way. That's great. So they don't, I didn't send them to Madrasa. They don't cover um, the girls if they want to once, you know, once in a while we do this Sufi thing. And so they, they themselves want to put it on as a, as a costume. Customary. Yeah. Yeah. And the younger one, she loves to dress up. Of course, she's like the younger one. She's more princessy. Uh, the other Aww. one's more like Doctor Who fan, and oh uh, hell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's cool, badass. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 good life. It's wow, good life. it's good. Things are good. Wow. Yeah. Where do you have any uh, works that we could follow? Do you have a website? I, mean, I don't know. Write, have you written a book? Yeah, I have written a book. Yeah. Okay, good. I was what like, you seem book? like a guy who's written a book. You, yeah, uh, yeah. At least the guy who <laughs> oh wrote a book. <laughs> well, it's, oh my god, because my so my my now three of the kids, so boy, boy, girl, boy, girl. 
So the the three are now in the army cadets as well. Actually, Aww. yeah, I, I I you know kind of influenced them, persuaded them. One wants to kind of leave; he's kind of bored with it, and I get it. And I'm not going to make him stay, but yeah, but like, the, but they wanted to do it, and they're they're daddy like could they're like ISIS, it. so maybe you should <laughs> so do what I if say. If you leave, daddy's going to join ISIS, and you, do you want to be responsible for that? So because uh, I know we're wrapping up, um, we have to. Wrap. Yeah. The book is called Undercover Jihadi. Okay, all right, appropriate. Uh, you know, they say halal in the streets, haram in the sheets. Oh, love me a little jihadi humor. So, so, <laughs> but in the book, I mentioned my losing virginity at 14 in the army cadet story. And so here we are at home uh, having dinner and um, the second boy is 14. Mm-hmm. He's like, so you lost your virginity in the army cadets. <laughs> Oh, and you're like, read, that you was a book. lie. No, I you didn't. And you're like, I you love the- that you're reading, but not my work. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, what did you say to that? I take ownership you... of that. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, like, that's good because. And that's good. Don't pretend you're someone who doesn't have sex or doesn't do anything. Right? Then your kids are going to grow up and be like, you're a liar. And right, then they're going right, to do meth. Right, right, right. So, no, no. We have a perfectly honest, open Blatant relationship with, and they're homeschooled as well. That's an important thing. Interesting. Yeah, they do a lot of social do stuff. Do you with teach other, him? No, my my wife does. Oh, okay, ninety percent. That's a lot of, it. of work. Wow, it is. Yeah, yeah. She's. she's I mean, it's all good day. For her. She's all day. Yeah. I, I reward her later. Damn. By wow. eating her out, <laughs> my man. It's <laughs> all really. It's all protein, right? It all really worked out. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's. it's that was what a nice story that got a little uh oh, and then it has a great. We got we got sex, we got dog terrorism, blood, we got beheadings. But the, the, the I think you know that we had some good talks on, on gender and, and patriotism. Uh, yeah, and patriarchy, and I learned so much. Misogyny. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we just realized yet again another episode of Guys We Fucked where we learn uh, how dumb we are and how little we know about everything. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> thank you, guys. So, so now you really know. That's, yeah. That's when you actually know. Is when you know you don't know. Now we mo- no, Now we learned some stuff. It's good. Thank you so much for listening Most to welcome. Guys We Fucked the Anti Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. is sponsored by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is one of the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. It's made out of super soft memory foam that molds to your shape and gives you the perfect fit. They stand behind their products so much that Third Love is willing to let the Guys We Fucked listeners try this bra, if you have titties, for free for 30 days. If you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. And if you don't, send it right back. Your card will not be charged. So start your free trial now. Just go to thirdlove.com slash GWF. Thank you.